0: Welcome to Modely Winded Podcast, episode 55. My name is James.
1: My name is Chris. And joining us tonight, we have a very special guest, first time to the show, Terence Voller. Welcome, Terry. How are you doing?
2: Thank you. Yeah, doing well, thank you.
1: Good. Great. Um, it's, been, yeah. it's, been, it's been a hot minute since we've recorded, James. So, um, yeah, sure lots, to, <laughs> lots, lots to chat. But um, this episode is going to um, be our Sydney Slaughter recap episode. So, yeah. Um, People have probably seen by now. Terry Terry won the event, so we thought it'd be uh, great to get him on and um, chat to him. Also, first time kind of attendee of Slaughter, so I'm I'm kind of keen to hear your thoughts as a how how you felt the event went. Obviously, from a gaming perspective and everything. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to just chatting and kind of catching up over the experience that was Slaughter 23. But um, before we do that, um, Tara, as you're new to the show, do you want to just give our listeners a little bit of a kind of brief intro to you, how you got into this wonderful hobby, um, so they know where you're coming from, and I guess kind of how long you've been around in the Australian Age of Sigma scene and, and your experiences there?
2: Yeah, so um, I've been in the hobby since like, I can remember, like a kid, but I actually grew up in England. So I didn't move okay. out here till about 10 years ago. I was one of those, um, uh, how do you say it, like begrudgingly coming to AOS because they killed my fantasy. <laughs> um, but now I, I, I really enjoy AOS now. Like um, I know why they got rid of fantasy because it got a bit yeah, um, interesting, shall we say. Um, so yeah, I, I've been playing since I can remember, as I said. Um, it was my brother who actually got me into it. Um, Competitive-wise, I've only really sort of been going to tournaments um, the last year or so because I got onto the NDIS, so before that I couldn't really get out to tournaments. Hmm. Um, So now that I get assistance to go to these things, I can actually get to tournaments. So it's been life-changing for me to actually be able to go out and have that social aspect. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, cool. You'll always sort of see me attend with um, Jake because he's uh, he he plays Warhammer as well. He lives not far from me, and he just um, so kind of like a bonus thing because he he takes me into the tournaments and he gets to play as well. So he he doesn't get paid while I'm playing, but he gets paid to take me to the tournament as such. Oh yeah, yep. So it's it works. It's mutually beneficial because <laughs> otherwise I've got to pay someone to stand there and and watch me, which is which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i remember um a few years ago now you came to uh the first go- golden smash golden smash You yeah. took away the took away the trophy on that day as well like a cheeky little one dad that was good that's i think that's when i first met you
2: yeah yeah that's right um so i have been to like i said, i've been been starting to good for a fair few of the tournaments um yeah i'm i'm more of a competitive player than a uh friendly one as such i suppose as in i I aim to try and win as much as I can, um, yep. but I, also it is important to you know not get too caught up in that. It is still just a game kind of thing
0: yeah, make it count when you play, make it count
2: yeah well i won't I won't ruin someone's day to win a game kind of thing, yeah, like I'm not going to sit there and argue about rules like i just i I can't deal with that,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So that's that's kind of me as i'm I, I am competitive but i'm not um gonna argue with you kind of thing too much no yeah.
1: not win at, not win at all costs which is what we yeah, we, yeah. we don't want so um, yeah yeah, and obviously you were at the um the recent masters as well up in um up in queensland
2: yeah yeah that was a bit of a trick <laughs> um yeah. that was actually really really good now um yeah the, the, the games were, were fantastic as, as sort of um, a friend said to me like every game is kind of like that fifth round of the tournament like you're, you're playing people who, who win tournaments regularly and so every, every, every game was like a fifth round so it was actually fantastic <laughs> practice if you're, if you're into that um, really competitive play like one false move and they will punish you for it kind of thing <laughs> so yeah. yeah really good to be kept on your toes like you no know you can't make a mistake Whereas in a, yeah. in a more casual game, you can make a few mistakes and still get through.
0: Cool. How, how, how far did you get um, in the rounds for Masters? Because it was a knockout, wasn't that, it? So.
2: No, no, it wasn't. Uh, it sort of was a knockout. So, so um, yeah. basically, after day one, if you hadn't have won um, two, I don't, you, you couldn't be in contention for gold. So I won my first two um, and then lost my third one. Um, versus Skaven, I, uh, my memory's not great, I can't remember the name of the fella, but he was a great I mean, fella. Kieran? Kieran, that's the one, Kieran, yep, and then the last game um, I managed to win versus Pat, Pat's, Pat's a fantastic fella, like, um, he's a character, so you got to just sort of take him with a grain of salt, is what I was told beforehand, and if you do that, he's just, like, he's probably the best game I had. So, oh, that's awesome, yeah, cool. Yeah, he was just, he was heaps of fun to play so yeah i i I had a good time there like it was exhausting getting to queensland and stuff but yeah yeah
3: yeah
0: oh fantastic yeah and um yeah so what uh, what made you decide to come to slaughter
2: um basically with the competitiveness so so in order to get to to masters and that you need as many points as you can get obviously so the the two-day events um certainly lately seem to be sparing in, in, in New South Wales. So we, we basically trying to get to any two day tournament that we can. Um, yep. so as you say, we'd never been before. So we thought, oh, we'd give it a go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, glad it did.
0: Yeah. And so when you, um, when you came along, did you, what was your intention coming to Slaughter? Like you were there so, coming in, coming in to win, yeah. Like that was your full, full strategy
2: no actually no because um <laughs> before i left i actually said because i hadn't told my wife about what the prize for winning was
1: and, and literally like the
2: the day before i was like oh look if i win it uh this is the prize but i don't expect to win it so we'll worry about that if i win it and of course when i got <laughs> home i had some some working out to do <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I was a bit sort of like uh oh when I actually won. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, awesome. But you did you did bring eighty eight bliss barbs to the table yeah. for every game, so <laughs>
2: Yeah. But I was I was practicing against uh Jake Soulblight, and he we had about a fifty percent win rate on that, as in yeah you, right. you'd flip a coin on who'd win because obviously he's got the the unrenderable and this and that. So it was all about how many three-up saves you could roll. So that's what I was fighting constantly. So in my mind, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a wasn't a sure shot.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like
0: how, did, how did you sort of come up with the um the idea for that list? Like, what was it? Just through like theory hammer? Like, are you a big theory hammer sort of guy? Like, are you writing lint's, lists constantly, checking everything out kind
2: of guy, or are you just okay. kind of thought, let's give this a go and see how, how yeah. it works. Yeah, to be be 100% honest with you, um, being competitive, I see all of the lists that shut down combat, like, you know, making a hit on sixes or you can't pile in or this or that, so many debuffs to combat. I said, I'm sick. I'm sick of it. I don't want to deal with it anymore. So I I sort of went, okay, what's shooty? And I had KO and I just, I can't stand dwarfs. I can't stand dwarfs. I'm I'm an elf player by choice. I do have a luminef army, um, so I'm an elf guy, not a dwarf guy. Um, so then that landed me with well, what else I did? I did um, toy around with um, idenef deepkin with their archers and things, but they just they just don't have the synergy and they don't stand up. I mean, barbs a paper fin too, but basically, I, it, it was a theory list, so I sort of subbed it in and see how it went and saw how powerful it was. Took a bit of tinkering. So I went to a one-day event in um, Canberra, Battle for the Bucket Nine. Yep. Um, so in that one, I had two squads of the Seekers and um, 66 Bliss Barb Archers. And I kind of found I didn't need um, that many Neg Ones to save because I only have so much firepower from the Bliss Barb Archers that I'd, I'd made several things neg One to save but couldn't capitalize on it. So it was kind of like a evolving... It wasn't like that was the list straight away. It did take a bit of play testing to get yeah, to yeah. that point. Yeah,
1: cool, cool. And then obviously chucking Bellacore in there for just the control for when you do have that. Oh, there's one too many units for me to deal with right now. I'll just, I'll just yeah. shut that down for a, a turn, potentially a double turn, yeah. and then carry on.
2: You, you can thank Jake for that one. I hate Bellicor. I hate him. Um, <laughs> I just want to take it <laughs> I didn't want to take him because whenever it matters, um, I never roll that three up. Um, but Jake <laughs> was, was right. And he kept saying, you know, like with your list, because my, my intent is to alpha you and then whatever's left it, to freeze it is just brutal because I can shoot off two of your three frets or even three of your four frets and just freeze the other one. Um, sorry about the noise. Yeah. Um, so to have him, if you can roll those three ups... Is, is fantastic but his combat profile and everything else like he whiffs every time <laughs> he's, he's literally 355 points for a one one to two turn freeze like if you get the priority you give them the double while they're still frozen and just laugh at them while they do nothing
1: <laughs> yeah it's so strong though like mm. 355 points honestly like even though you're not using him for like you say you're not really you're not using him for output you're not really using him as a wizard even a monster necessarily to play aggressively you're just using him so that in any of those matchups their their death star unit their power piece like you can pretty much guarantee that in most matchups there's a unit of 400 500 plus points that you mm. can just be like this is not doing its thing in one round potentially two rounds that are usually a key moment and for 350 of your army, like it it just it's so valuable, especially when the rest of your army, as you said, is paper but massive output. So when you just yeah. know you need you know you can just focus on these things and then you do not have to worry about the retaliation for that turn and then a double turn, it's just yeah, it does fit so well with them. And the fact that you can get eighty eight bliss barbs and still have that and the other bits of tech around it is just super strong, mm. to be honest. Yeah. He mentioned it's interesting you mentioned the Reavers because Heavy Archer spam Deepkin list is something like, I've played a fair bit and like I that's a comparison I looked at. I'm just like I don't know how these bliss barbs are twenty points a unit cheaper no. <laughs> than than Reavers. So <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I have a feeling they won't be for long. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was um, a good good point about the monster too, because um obviously chaos's monsters are a bit trash. So having something to go smash a loon's frying is powerful as well. So you know, like when I fought Gitz, that was always always his job to go smash that loon frying.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you want to just for for, for the listeners just um <clears throat> just run through what you actually took in your list, like? And just before we do, I'll just shout out to Plastic Crack um, and his um, team for writing. They did a write up um, on a list review. Uh, in the lead-up to Slaughter, and your list was actually picked as one of the lists for like, for their picks in the chaos mm-hmm. section. So um, for listeners, yeah, if you want to pause right now and just go go to Plastic Cracks, it's C-R-A-I-C, um, just Google that and you've Age of Sigma, and you'll find the, the blog pretty quick, um, and there'll be a Sydney Slaughter um, list review article. So jump on there and um, have a read, check out the list, check out the article. Um, There's also a follow-up article as well um, called The Aftermath, which um, follows up all the people on those lists, and Terry was involved in that as well. So if you want more, hear hear, hear more from Terry about his list, um, yeah, please go ahead and do that now. But back to you, Terry, I'll throw it back to you. Um, Run through your list and, um, yeah, so just so people at home know what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah. So obviously I was running um, Pretenders, so I had that um, issue three commands um, and get. Um, three CP instead of one when it's time to get CP for your general so the general obviously is the one who issues the three commands um, he was a lord of pain so he had a 12 inch bubble of give plus one hit and wound to my archers so long as he was sitting on an objective um, then we had a Belakor obviously and a, a bray shaman who um, because he's coalition not an ally he could actually take the enhancement so I gave him uh, tunnel master so he was my Uh, A cunning maneuver, basically. That's all he was doing. Although he does have a hand spell to half uh, the move of your unit. uh, Sorry, 18-inch spell, half your move and charge if he rolls over your leadership on 3d6. So another sort of debuff to you getting to me if needed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then we had uh, four blocks of 22 barb Archers. I found that having um, a bigger block was too susceptible to debuffs, but we'll get into that later. Um, and then one unit of list barb seekers, so that they were basically running forwards, and uh, Neg wanting to save people, and also getting within eight inches of corn, so they lost their five up ward. Yeah. So everything, everything in the list had its job. It, it's a very, a very um, finite list, as in everything in there had to do its job for the list to work. Um, being Alfred by another shooting army was my worst fear, i.e. KO with their Thunderers. Um, I do not go well into 30 Thunderers shooting me off the board before I can shoot them off the board. That yeah, was the thing yeah. I most feared, and it didn't show up, so I got very lucky.
0: Yeah, I think there's it was, I think Ben Spinetti was the only KO
1: player at the tournament, I think. So he was, think he, yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. and he, he also went five O.
0: 0 He went 5-0. He did, I think yeah, he, 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 he podiumed. He got... He got um, yeah. Your third,
2: yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah, he, he um he didn't bring enough shooting for me to be super worried, because I'll mm. would have unleashed hell on him a fair bit, but still KO's yeah. KO, you're always worried.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was YouTube. one of those it was one of those interesting matchups, I think, because of how how the pack worked and the the round pairings from the beginning is based on the 30 O kind of battle battle points um that you get paired into people that are achieving as well as you so obviously i think mm. your first your first game was a genuine 30 which is virtually yeah. impossible um in the game um under that scoring mm. system but you obviously like fully maxed the first game and i think ben's wins were he won all five but they weren't as like decisive and so you basically yeah. dod you dodged him for the tournament you did enough to just stay ahead of him the whole way through. So even though he 5-0s, you never had to play that. And as you say, his wasn't the super optimized shooting list. But yeah, when you were on six up saves, he still potentially could have just done a lot. So yeah. um, getting that early lead was was something as well that um, kind of meant that that matchup didn't happen.
2: Yeah, I actually um, heard a few players talking once they saw I scored a 30 They were sort of like saying, uh, I don't want to score high, I don't want to fight you. <laughs> I found that found that rather amusing. People were on purposely like taking a tiny bit of a dive to avoid my list. Uh, I thought, uh, you know what, whatever.
1: <laughs> you like? Do do I want to be a twenty nine one? No, I'll go for the twenty eight yeah, two. Yeah. I'll go for the twenty eight <laughs> two. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so that was a bit amusing.
1: <laughs> no, nah, it was quite funny because it was something that I had like I'd said to Dan because he was helping us with like toing and stuff like. If there's a few things to check on, I was like, if you see anyone submit a score that's a 30O, we need to go and talk to them and confirm that that's a 30O mm-hmm. because it should be basically impossible. Because you're like, if someone yeah. gets a turn one battle tactic, it's not a 30O. And so then that list yeah. came up, and he's like, oh no, there was one, and I was like, yeah, but it, it was it was 88 pubs yeah. and Delacore. It it was genuine. <laughs> it,
2: it, uh, and it and it was a redeploy. um there was a redeploy there that stopped his cunning maneuver. So, so Belicor actually redeployed onto an objective he was cunning maneuvering. Ah. Um, so yeah, there was a bit of a bit of a lucky dice roll involved in denying that one point. I I kind of felt bad afterwards, but. Yeah, that's,
1: that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're nice about it and there's no disagreement in the rule, like oh, I, it's it's yeah,
2: fair. I think. As as I said on um plastic crack, um like every single point, I expected some serious blowback from my list. It's not a friendly list I'm not there to to give you a fun time um, this is, no one's having fun versus that like but everyone was super chill about it. everyone was like, "Yeah, you know what this tournament um, uh, I was surprised I was really surprised everyone had a very positive attitude,
0: yeah. Any strappy
2: saltiness? No, 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 <laughs> no like, uh, <laughs> The guy, the guy who, who probably most was disappointed in him in it was um Mitch Bug. And when he, he actually came second, he came up and gave me a massive hug. And I, I said, well, <laughs> did it, uh, he was crushed, he was crushed because his goal, he said to me, because this was round three, he said, oh, I just wanted to podium and I'm fighting you and you've just slaughtered me. He <laughs> uh, was quite sort of like, there goes my chances, but he still did it. So no, he still on. did it, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. crushed
1: it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah so he that, he said that, that to me. He was like, "Oh, I just really want to try and get best gets. And I was like, "Mate, you just like it's one loss. You you just get yeah, big yeah. wins. You can still do it and don't give yeah. up." And as you said, he yeah. he did really well and uh, he came second in uh, he four one, but he got more yeah. points than than Ben did across his five games. So yeah. he he ended yeah. up coming second. So.
3: Yeah.
1: And he also won. He also
0: did the most he did the most push-ups most well. push-ups. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to upset him too much. He was a he was a big guy. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's he was fantastic. And same with you, brother. Um I thought the twins one after the other. Uh they're not twins, yeah, That's right. So yeah, yeah, they're not twins. But um yeah, so there was a bit of a bit of banter going on about what did you do to my brother and this sort of stuff. So It was it was, it was really good.
1: <laughs> they are they are twins, right? They are twins.
2: I don't, are they are twins? I don't know. They're like practically
1: know. identical. I'm pretty sure they are because <laughs> yeah. their, their <laughs> team their team name was the Twin Tailed Comet.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so
1: um, yeah, yeah. I like I, I yeah. The only thing I could really tell them to apart was I noticed. One of them has one arm as a full tattoo sleeve, and the other has both arms as a full tattoo sleeve. And so I picked so, it up yep. in the week, and I'd just look at their arms and be like, "You're Mitch, <laughs> you're Christian." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, and and on day two, unfortunately, one of them forgot the other's army or something. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. M- yeah was...
1: Mitch forgot Christian's army. Unfortunately, for day two. Okay.
2: Which is so. a shame because I think he was in a running for for best sport if he had a got in because um, he was a great guy. Well, at least I thought so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was. That was devastating. I, I would have if that was. If that was me, I would have been so sad. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I remember, yeah,
1: I remember him standing there in the morning when he realised and they're having a chat. And then uh, yeah. I think so obviously Mitch is the one still playing and he's like, um, oh, can you get me a drink? And I just looked at him and I was like, mate, I think you need to get him a drink. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
0: But it wasn't just a case of quickly running home because I think they came up from Wollongong. So.
1: Yeah, 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 there was, yeah, there was no chance, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think when um.
2: When um, he got second place, I think I said to him, "You better give that to your brother." <laughs> he sort of just laughed at me. So, oh,
1: but, yeah, cool. Maybe, so, maybe, um, it a, maybe it was a
0: maybe was a strategy, secret strategy he employed to get the podium. That's <laughs> oh, what I was wondering.
1: I was like, were they in competition? That's a pretty easy way to knock out one of the competition.
2: I can't believe you didn't help <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. it was Feck versus Jits. come on there's no competition there mm. <laughs> That's like
0: it's like a, that's the meta that's the the meta meta game <laughs> <laughs> oh dear
1: <laughs> too funny um but yeah so yeah that's obviously kind of your list do you want to um do you want to run us through run us through your games um or certainly the first first day and then we can kind of touch on other things that were happening around and then um then kind of go on to games four and five after
2: yeah so um uh first first game was versus um I'm, my memory's not great so i don't remember names but uh, i know it was slaves to darkness um yeah i unfortunately i'm not going to remember very many names at all i'll see if we get bcp up
1: i was going to say we, yeah. that's the joy of bcp it's all yeah. on there so we can find yeah. it <laughs> if you guys could
2: find out that'd be great um I know he had uh, 10 Chaos Warriors, 10 Chaos Knights, and I think it was 10 Chaos Knights and 6 Varenguard, a Sorcerer, uh, and two, another squad of um, Chaos Warriors. So he sort of had, uh, I think it was... Oh, he had Belakor too, yeah. So it was kind of a, a Belakor off, which was amusing because, you know, both freezing each other. Um. So I don't remember the mission either I think it was it was one of those three objectives with the L corners um,
1: uh first one was um, not position over power
2: um no. it was that like the the home field one where you if you control theirs it's worth two if you control yours it's worth one I think wasn't it
1: Honestly, my mind <laughs> has gone completely yeah. blank. But basically,
2: yeah, there were three objectives, L, L kind of thing. So he, he deployed um, fairly aggressively because you don't have much choice versus archers. You've got to run at them or you're dead. So I took first, um, managed to kill 10 Chaos Knights and three Varengard in the first turn. Um, basically stayed far enough back that his warriors couldn't really do much. Um, yeah, it was it was brutal because I just froze the remaining vanguard. Um, I actually won the priority and took the second turn and just finished him off. As I said, there was that cheeky redeploy as he moved towards Belicor. Um He declared that he was tunnel mastering over to my sort of objective to cunning maneuver it. So I put Bellacor in there, obviously counting as five, outnumbered him, so you have to co- control it to get that battle tactic, so he didn't get it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was... Like I want to give him credit in the way of like there wasn't much he could have done because I I obviously I took slaves to um, masters and the one thing slaves do not like is because they're so highly costed they're elite is control armies and I controlled what he could and couldn't do and I just held all the cards kind of thing. Well, Us for the taking. Yeah, that's for, for the taking. Yep.
1: yep. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're against Josh Vibert. Uh, Josh. That's
2: yeah right. yeah so again great player and he um he actually sort of you know look, the, the players that are are wanting to learn from games and that sort of you know who ask well what what could I have done better and and it's kind of sad when you sort of say well you know what you couldn't have done anything better mate you you it, it's just it was it was the ultimate rock paper scissors it, kind of thing it was yeah yeah <laughs> just not much you could have done i just was always going to go first and just kill one of your scary units and freeze the other yeah. So, yeah. Um, round two was um, Christian Bug. So, the one of the twins. We're, we're going to go with twins. Um, Fec player. So, he had four Terror Geists and, oh, sorry, I think three Terror Geists and a Zombie Dragon and a bunch of other stuff. And obviously, Fec with their summons and things. Um, so, he actually played really smart. Um, He put enough forwards that I couldn't give him first and enough back that I couldn't wipe out his entire army in the first turn. So he actually put two of his big frets up the front and two at the back. And I thought, ah, this guy knows what he's doing because that's the best way to deal with sort of like an alpha is like make them have to take the turn and have enough to retaliate. Um, The issue being a game was bellicor. So I, I took the turn, wiped off pretty much everything, those two dragons at the front, his screens. So he had his general and another dragon. Um, I froze his general uh, and the other dragon actually died to unleash hell. So, because obviously oh, I can unleash hell three units. So he charges into all my archers and I just say, okay, I'm going to unleash hell with this one, this one, this one. Um, I actually rolled them together because I know you're not supposed to use one at a time, but it's just, it was pretty obvious that the thing was dead and it, it died yeah um and then he got the double turn, so his summons actually got in and killed a few little bits and bobs, so he scored fairly well against me he got two of his battle tactics um and then it was yeah it was game over like when you when you delete two like three quarters of your opponent's army in the first turn it's pretty demoralizing um so often. You know like if, if they don't want to continue playing you can talk it out pretty pretty easily um but yeah so we, we sort of got to that point and but he got his battle tactics and things so he played really smart um and then round three was Mitch bug and uh, same same sort of thing gets um he had a massive squad of so double reinforced squig herd um, 10 Boingrop Bounders and 10 Hoppers. Along with... Um, so he didn't have the Sneaky Snufflers, which I actually quizzed him on, and he sort of said um, he didn't rate them that well. It's not the way he plays, because obviously he played, he played what I was doing, basically. He was trying to alpha people and, and murder them rather than do the, the long game sort of thing. So he didn't care too much about award. He went for the stacking of uh, Mortal Wounds on hits yep. and wounds, and that sort of thing. So he went very aggressive gets rather than um, survivable um, so basically in the first turn I was surprised actually with this one with just how much I managed to actually shoot off the table so with the um, squeak herd obviously they can't have commands given to them yep so he had 36 in the squad they had a bravery of throw or something I calculated exactly of how many I needed to kill so I killed that many so that the rest would run, stayed 9 inches away from them so they couldn't mortal wound me uh killed his uh ten Boingrop bounders and then froze his hoppers. So all he had left was his hoppers and some characters and I froze the hoppers. And it's just yeah, you could just see the look on his face. He was like, man, this isn't this isn't a game. I'm not learning anything from this. Yeah. Um, he actually he said to me, he said he'd love to play uh me with sort of different armies so he could actually learn something. So which which is fair. Like yeah, you don't learn anything from that. Your army got shot off the board turn one. Um yeah, there's nothing to learn from that. Apart from Bliss Barb archers need to go up in points. Yeah. yeah. So that was oh. um day one. Now it was um yeah, e- each one of my games it was I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but it, at least me and my opponent got to like walk around and look other people's games. I don't think any of my games went over an hour.
0: Yeah, <laughs> plenty of time to walk around and have a chat.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's one way or the other. That's not that's not being cocky. Like with a six up save, if you get to me, I'm dead. Like if I if I fail to kill you, I'm dead. Like either way, with this army, it's a very quick game. One way or the other, there's no um, survivability for either one of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my cool. um, my friend who was playing Blight um <laughs> at the end of the he he said, "Nah, I'm done playing a uh, attrition army." He says because he he went to three hours every game, and yeah. uh, I'd go over and heckle him basically every time. <laughs> yeah. you, you were playing? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, blight definitely is like a play to the play to three hours army. Yeah
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: He was he was absolute like I was happy and had had a bit of energy left and that he was wrecked like he was absolutely wrecked. We didn't end up going to the trivia because he was just too tired. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, but that's yeah his problem for playing Soulblight.
1: <laughs> so that gave you, um I mean, your games obviously finishing would have given you a fair bit of time to kind of be able to look around the hall a bit and and see how the yeah. games and stuff were going. Did you? Um, yeah. Was there anyone that you? Obviously, you'd mentioned that you were worried about the KO list, but you kind of knew that wasn't really there. Was there anyone else that you kind of thought, or oh, I want to see how this is being played," or anything like that, or just like catching up with people that you might know but haven't seen very much?
2: I suppose the one, the one thing that, um, like, I would normally go to the the top tables and have a look around and see who's who's playing and whatnot. But um, because not not your guys' fault or anything, but obviously with the, my wheelchair, I couldn't really get down to where the top players were playing. Um, so that was a little bit um, like um, scary for me that I couldn't go sort of spy on my enemies. <laughs> but, but it also, also um, stopped some anxiety too, probably, because if I saw them, you know, crushing someone, I would be like, "Oh no!" But we're waiting um, yeah, in favour no, in the no. end. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, that's yeah. it. So I ended up um, I, seeing the games I could see because um, you know I had access. I had access to a fair amount. Um, but I just couldn't get down to that area very easily, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I did, I did sort of um, look around and that. Um, there wasn't anyone like in particular I was super worried about. I know corn has some sneaky tricks and things, so I was concerned about corn players and I ended up day two fighting two of them, which we'll get there, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, because because you know, like they can they can be tricky, you got to be careful, but they don't like being shot, so.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially I hadn't even really kind of put together the fact that the, uh, the bliss, uh, bliss Barb Seekers, the speed of them, you, you want to run them right up front, not yeah. only as a screen, et cetera, but, yeah, getting within eight, as you mentioned, just turns off their ward against your shooting as yeah. well. So just increases yeah. your output as well.
2: Yeah, any, any unit within eight, it turns off. So 14 move base, auto run them six, so that's 20 inches up the board you go.
1: Because they can still Uh, run and shoot, can't they? As well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Everything in my army can shoot the barbs and the Seekers. Not, not charge though. But why would you charge? You're just going to get murdered. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember like at one point coming checking out your game and you like using those Seekers. I could, I just yeah, I learned a lot just from seeing the layout of the table of what you were doing. Um, especially Mm. putting those Seekers up the front as a screen, uh, long ways. Like a unit of five can cover quite a. Kind of nice yes. area, you know, like end to end. Yeah, so like, that, yeah that's
2: another. Part. That's good. Yeah, another part of the control is is them mm. is basically um, deciding potentially what are not going to shoot off and pinning them in with them because obviously, yeah, as you say, with the cavalry bases, putting them long ways, uh, inch apart, you know, five cavalry bases covers a lot. Um, I actually found the terrain too because you guys did the. Uh, impassable and can't shoot through. So, uh, in test games when I was testing this with Jake as well, we actually found it was detriment to the combat armies because impassable. Um, I can basically pin you in. Like if there's an impassable in in a, in a bit of an awkward spot, I'll literally just um, put my seekers along there, so you can't get through. You can't get to me. Um, so I actually found um, maybe if you if you're trying to balance the shooting a bit more. Maybe just make it – the problem is, like, it doesn't make sense to not be able to see through it but move through it.
3: Mm.
2: So I know why you did both, but that, that would mm. be my, my one feedback is perhaps, you know, this impassable actually hurts the combat armies more than the shooting yeah. armies because the shooting armies are yeah. fast. They're crazy fast. Like, KO don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to move 12 inches and shoot you.
0: Yeah, right. So it's like maybe have a bit more nuance in how we approach that.
2: Yeah. Like, look, I yeah. mean, you're trying yeah, to think... balance Games Workshop. Good
1: luck with that. Um <laughs> But you yeah, no, I think I, I... I think you're right. I think it's I think the fact that we use the same token for oh, both yeah. impassable mm. and obscuring, as you say, yeah. When you when you then can go, well, no, they can't walk through this. Sure, I can't shoot them, but they can't walk through it either. So I can anchor against this. Whereas I think if we yeah. had these two pieces of scenery are impassable and these two other pieces Mm. of scenery are obscuring. There's probably a bit more play you can do around that where you can be like, okay, well, I'm going to move, I'm going to be able to move up through these woods against this shooting army to get to them. Mm. But then equally you can be like, well, I can sit behind this impassable piece of terrain. Doesn't mean I can't shoot over it. So there's, there's play on both sides, I guess.
2: Yeah. And also like if it's impassable, you can't get cover and covers the best thing versus shooting
1: yeah true yeah because you like kind of well i
0: guess we tried to be discerning where we put it but um yeah
2: yeah obviously
0: yeah buildings like you should be able to go into in garrison and get your cover and all
2: that sort of stuff yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. like if if you made a a big terrain piece that you could walk into um obscuring that's really going to hurt because you can sit an entire squad in there and i can't shoot it and they're just going to pop out and kill me like that would be scary um, but yeah, making, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. making making it impossible is just like okay. I'm just going to ignore that because they can't go through it anyway, and they can't sit in it, so it's not an issue. Um, yeah,
0: just like avoid I'm telling on them. I'm telling you how to make me
2: not want to come to your events, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there does need to be balance with shooting in the game. Like, it's there's a reason why I just went full shooting. As I said, like the combat side of it is is becoming ridiculous.
0: I guess there's less um need to move things around as well is that like like a practical thing as well like easier to kind of physically play the game
2: yeah um look i was yeah look i I started going to tournaments with giants because I could move four models and not get tired um, but movement trees and that are good, but yeah uh, also as you say like in in Malay you've got. Finite movements—you have to be doing. Pilots, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're on a movement train in combat, you're probably not really trying. You've mm. got to do all sorts of little movements to make sure you know this and that. They can't get in. You're in. Da da da. Yeah. Um. So it does get very technical in combat. So shooting is easier in that regard. You just make sure I'm in within 18. I'm shooting you. Yeah. 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 So it is. It is easy. Easy mode, I'd call it. Yeah. Just cut out the middleman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. As I say, with the debuffs and things too, though, like, um has just become ridiculously complex. Um, Kieran sort of taught me that too, as in um, with my slaves at Masters, I had raw killing power, but I just couldn't get to him. He just mm. dodged me and controlled me, and I saw the power of control armies there, as in you don't have to table your opponent to win. It's a, it's a lot harder playing, though. It's a lot harder like constantly controlling the board. I do prefer to just annihilate my opponent and then there's no question about if I've won or not.
3: <laughs>
2: mm. <laughs> it's a, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing for the opponent and it's a horrible thing for me when it backfires because all of those aggressive armies like um, Aurochs, I can't wait for the new Auroch war clans to come out. They, bringing them back in the meadow will be good because that's the kind of thing that's going to scare shooting to the bones, like, I'm going to come across the board and I'm going to smash you, I think that'll be good, so long as they can survive an overwatch.
1: Mm. Yeah. So Yeah, I've never... I see... Yeah, I've been the same, like, when I've played against people using control armies, like, I can see the power of it, and you're just like, I know this is really good, but I've just... I'm not someone that can use them, because for me, the the... I get not so much the i probably get more of the feel bads from just being like your opponents or the person playing a control army their army doesn't do like a thing they're not trying to do this 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 they just win by stopping you trying to do what you want to do yeah and they and they just play around the fact that their army is like yeah okay well i can go over here but you you can't do what your list is built to do Mm. and so like playing against Playing into control list, like my best friend growing up, like we played Magic the Gathering and stuff like that. He would always play like blue decks. And I would yeah. just get so frustrated when you're like, you build up this mm-hmm. big combo, you go to like summon this like seven or eight cost big thing that could like wipe him out in two turns. And he's just like nope. two, two, cancel spell, no. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, but... it's, it's why I stopped
2: playing Lumineth, Because it can be three hours of misery for your opponent. At least with the Bliss Bar, archer spam, it was like half an hour of misery for him.
1: It's true, and and I think you made you made a good, you made a good point at the start when you kind of said you were a little bit surprised, but pleasantly surprised that mm. none of your opponents kind of gave you a hard time or anything for your army no one was really shit about it and i think a big part of that is credit to you 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 didn't stand there and kind of go oh the list has definitely got counters like oh it's not that strong or it could be a bit weak you fully Mm. owned it and were like it's designed to do one thing like if i come into ko i'm probably screwed and i will take that loss but if i don't it's designed to win, and it's yeah. probably going to be a quick game. And I think people respect that when you don't bullshit around it. Yeah. You own you own your filth. It's on Games Workshop to try and balance the game, not you. You submitted a legal list. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think it's one of those things where people, if, yeah. if the person you're playing owns what they're taking and is not apologetic about it but without being a dick, then yeah. people are fine with it. Like, I, yeah. I think people yeah. are like, yeah, fair play, power to you. And it, it did what it was designed to do, so...
2: Yeah. yeah 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 I think yeah, you're on the head. yeah, I wasn't claiming it was something it wasn't, like it, I was clear with them at the start. I, I think I apologized to most people before we started <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: To be fair, funny. i I was doing that at the the most recent event with um Noel Myriad, OBR, like he played ah, into a magic a yep. uh, play into a magic list, and I basically just said, "Look, I'm not going to lie. it's probably going to be a rough game for you." And then mm. you you play the game. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah.
2: Two up, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. but no, that's cool. It's yeah, obviously a shame that um you and your you and your friends are a bit tired on the on the Saturday evening, so couldn't kind of attend the trivia. Um it's it is one yeah. of those things that I know it's a big day on the Saturday because with the RSL we can't start. Earlier, um, we get them all ready oh. to open up an, an hour early than they normally would um, because we just couldn't yeah. be getting into the venue at 10 a.m. and then doing three, three hour rounds. But it does mean I know that kind of the trivia ends up being pretty late to start. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
2: Keeps um, everyone together. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I've got issues with fatigue and things. Um, so, you know, like the normal person probably wouldn't struggle too much. Um, but the, the RSL club themselves, like they were amazing because, um, uh, if you haven't met me, I use wheelchair for events. I can walk but only very small distances and I'm, I fall over, um, a lot. So it's just better for me to stay in the wheelchair. Um, when I was ordering drinks and that, they were, they were bringing them to the table for me. That's something of thing. Cause the bar was just a little thing away. I'd order a drink and they'd be like, Oh, I'll take it over for you. And, and like, if I was buying an opponent a drink as well, they'd bring them over. Like the staff, there were amazing. They, yeah. they, um, couldn't be more helpful. Like I as a venue like it's fantastic
0: yeah yeah it couldn't no, agree
1: more of that. <laughs> that's good to hear because it's yeah. it is a venue that like we do get a lot of like really positive comments about people it is quite a, a grand space it's obviously a big auditorium with really high ceilings and it that tiered setup is really cool but um this is the first time obviously yourself as you mentioned being in a wheelchair we've had an attendee in a wheelchair and it is something that me and james kind of talked about and i was like i want to make sure that the venue can kind of accommodate this properly um and obviously as you mentioned it due to the setup it did kind of mean that you couldn't really mingle around all the tables and get down to the mm. bottom tables um but it was good at least that there is that middle that middle row that's completely yeah. wheelchair accessible um to the, to the bar obviously down to the toilets and everything so at least yeah. we we could kind of say oh that that's fine every every round we can swap your table number with one of those those six tables <laughs> in that row so yeah at least you got to play on kind of five different tables and and everything but I was kind of conscious that that is a, a little bit of a limitation on the venue and yeah. I know we had a chat about could we get a ramp or anything like that but obviously you said because of like how high it is from the side the ramp would have to be so far into the room that that probably doesn't doesn't really work because yeah, it's, um, it's
2: like a 12 to 1 ratio so it's yeah for every centimeter you go up you go 12 out it's it's ridiculous like you you've got to have a huge ramp for the gaps so yeah but it, it, it was certainly enough i could get to the amenities i could get to the bar i could get around i could get to the tables um and I could go up along the top there. Um, I could even get onto the stage. So at the end there, um, I, I could get onto the stage and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, There was there was enough access. Like, yeah, I didn't get to go around to all the tables, um, which I don't know if you noticed. I didn't, I didn't um, vote on coolest army because I couldn't see everyone's army. I didn't think it was fair to 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 do that. Um, so that's, that's probably the only thing it stopped me from doing. And that was a personal choice just not to, to vote because I didn't see everyone's army. I didn't think it was fair. Yeah, it's fair. But um, yeah, it brings me to the, the, the painting section you guys did actually. I, I couldn't get in there either, but I obviously saw all the photos and things. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um,
0: yeah.
2: And like, I, I've never been to a tournament where they put so much emphasis on the hobby as well. Like, um, we had. People there in attendance, I think, just for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. People who mm. came just just for the Mortal Blade painting competition. Yeah,
2: um, who like weren't, who a- weren't playing at the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And and some that were put their models in. Um, yep, yeah. It was like the the I love the emphasis on hobby, and I also love um, like especially for these big tournaments and that. Yes, I know there was a a prize for first place, but all of your prizes and your prize support was enormous. I I have never seen was it, three three tables full of prizes. <laughs> it was it was all a lucky yeah. draw which which I love because yeah the people who were at the top generally, you know, like they don't need more Warhammer. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the, yeah. The, well, your, tro- your trophy got... and your accolades, you know, that's Yeah. yeah you, you didn't
0: you didn't want to win and... another box of bliss barbs.
2: <laughs> no, I've got <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to actually say before, like, you kind of, you, you know, you've spent the time assembling and painting all these Bliss Barbs too, so, you know. You, yeah. At least, I mean, at least, at least, at least we a tournament with them, you know, after all that
2: pain. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I suppose I'm in a unique position because I'm not well enough to work and things. And I think I said to you guys, my wife's a Quilter, so she does her hobby and I do my hobby in the, in the same room and yeah, we, we yeah. just you know, we don't have kids. We can't have kids. Um, we've got dogs who, who've probably been making noise during the session. You can hear snoring and barking and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, like I, I'm in a very unique position where I can actually, I enjoyed, I almost enjoyed, I, I, I'm not going to say there's a few, few bliss barbs that, you know, I nearly threw across the room, but I actually enjoyed the, <laughs> the hobby of it. Like it is part yeah. of it. It's You've come up with a list, you build the list, you paint the list. It's not yours. Like, I've brought brought armies off eBay. I always sell them. Always sell Mm. them. If I haven't built and painted them, they're not mine. I don't keep them. Yeah. I just can't. I don't know whether that's just me or whether you guys have similar experiences. Yeah, man. Like, I bought
0: um, an OBR army off um, Mike Thompson last year. um, And I've never played a game with it. I've never (laughs) taken them out of the, the cabinet. Actually, I'm trying to sell them back to Mick. <laughs> mm. he, said he, bi- he said he he said he said bi- he bought back off me so yeah. um
2: <laughs> good again yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's, you, it's, it's it's a strange it's a strange mental thing isn't it like you you it's your army or it's mm. not like yeah. same with um yeah
0: like that's the like one with that's like a- the one and only that's the one and only time i've bought a painted army like
2: yeah to yeah I bought on a whim as well, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, like the hobby, hobby is a big part. Like, um, I remember yeah, I've been to because I, I was forty k competitive before AOS, right. and I remember fighting a guy. I won't mention his name, but I asked him like, oh, did you did you did you do these? Your painting's cool. And he his reply to me was, oh no, I don't paint models. I just play games. And I sort of looked at him and thought, uh oh. And it was it was one of those, uh oh games like it was terrible um, I was thinking who on earth doesn't do that like uh, yeah I suppose this is where I'm different from some competitive players I'm not, not saying that that's wrong you can do whatever you want it's, it's your life but for me I love the fact that you put so much of the hobby emphasis into the tournament because it is 50% of in my mind at least half of the the game mm. is the hobby
0: absolutely yeah like probably the for majority of people it's that is the hobby you know like yeah. is the painting and might, they might get a game the, some like the people come to slaughter who that you know the slaughter is like the time when they play their games like every year kind of thing like mm. they're not their life life circumstances you know don't allow regular gaming sort of thing um yeah. so so the rest of the time it's hobby or you know, the gaming's like the pinnacle and the event is the pinnacle where we all come mm. together and put everything on display, and um, everyone can check out, check, his, check his, each other's stuff out. Yeah, and mm. um, and play games.
1: And I mean, unless you unless you're one of these people that like <clears throat> plays the same army over and over and over, and you play loads, you probably do spend more time in the creation of that army than you actually ever do playing with it. Like. Mm my deepkin, building it and painting it, it would be over a hundred hours easily if i think about tournaments like yeah that i've, I've played i've probably taken deepkin to like two maybe three events and so mm-hmm. it's probably 15 hours of gameplay an event like probably half to a third of the time it took me to do the army oh. so yeah. um yeah no it's, it's definitely a big thing like yeah i I couldn't sell any of my armies either. Like I, I generally just don't sell Warhammer anyway, because I'm I'm always just waiting for the the rules to change and yeah. that thing to become good again. And I know the second I sell it, I'll yeah. want it back again. But um, yeah, if I yeah. ever did consider any selling any of the collections, it would be the few armies that I have bought off people rather than any that I've done myself. So yeah, I yeah. Can, yeah, definitely, um, definitely relate yeah. to that for sure.
0: Yeah, like, like even like arms. with um, oh, sorry, you go, man. Yeah, no,
2: no you go. It's alright.
0: I was just going to say quickly, like, even with, like, the new Soul Blight, um, Legion of Blood in Ascendance, um, all the models, I've got all those models um, painted from my older Death Army, and now I'm just exclusively playing those models again because, like, suddenly the old Death Rattle Legion battalion is now mm-hmm. top of the game. <laughs> like, yeah. Vampire Lord, Zombie Dragon, Neferata, Skeleton Warriors, Black, even Black Knights are just, like, Thundering now, so it's just it's cool.
2: It's yeah. yeah swings roundabouts, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and um like we me and Jake had that sort of thing as well as like when an army wasn't competitive we'd potentially sell it. And then it gets competitive again, you're like, Why did I sell it you're buying and painting it yeah. again? Yeah. Like just don't do it. Just don't sell the army. Like it's it's yeah. never worth it. Yeah. Unless you unless you hate them so much, like their play mechanics. Like if you're never gonna yeah. play with them, fine. Yeah. But Sometimes that changes too, but yeah, with my, my giants and that, I'll never sell them because I've got like the Kraken Eaters riding a lot of and turtle from <laughs> Deep King, so I've got Deep King army as well in progress, and then yeah. I've got one of the War Stompers literally swinging eels around. You know, I had fun with it, I had great fun with it. <laughs> but are you, just- um, yeah.
0: are you kind of like, um, into any of the, the background lore or does that any of that sort of
2: <gasps> um,
0: influence your decision to play armies, or is it purely? the competitive side or you got a bit mostly of, mostly bit of
2: competitive yeah. yeah mostly mostly competitive i i um i'm not a good reader and i don't really listen to audiobooks or anything so i don't get a lot of the law um yep. jake sort of fills me in on that he's he's a law fan so when he's yeah. he's the main reason why we we wanted to go to the trivia so when he was too tired i wasn't gonna go because i don't know much <laughs> <laughs> i i know enough like don't get me wrong i know enough but i'm not like up on, like he is, sort of thing. I, I knew
0: there were some, but... some curly, um, there's some curly wall scroll questions in there, that you might have, which you probably could
2: have got. Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard that actually. We would have got them because we're <laughs> we're we're crazy like that. Like, someone asks us about something, we know because you know, when you're competitive, um, number one, like, you've got to know what your opponent can do. If you don't know what your opponent can do, you're gonna lose. Um, because you get caught out. It's as simple as that. If I go into a a game and I don't know what my opponent does, um, nine times out of ten I'm going to lose it because they'll catch me out, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So knowledge is power. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh. I need to get more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easier said than done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. Well, yeah. Obviously. We, um, yeah, we 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 mentioned we kind of did the trivia and stuff on the Saturday night, and yeah. um, I think the attendance has got steadily increased over the last few years. It was a pretty good turnout actually this year for for the yes, trivia. We, I thought yeah. so. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was pleased that we uh, we we wrote it because that was the uh, the thing that I hadn't quite had time to do before the weekend. So uh, I literally was writing the trivia while everyone was playing round three. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that was that was cutting it close close to the wire, but um, yeah, I think so, we like, got chat, there.
0: chat GTP, write, yeah, me well... sigma, <laughs> write me Age of Sigma questions for a, for a trivia night. And some of it was like so far out, it just did not, it, it could not be used.
1: <laughs> it was really funny, actually, because I remember reading some of the questions and I was like, this is like they're like two or three years old and yeah, then at the bottom yeah. it says based on my knowledge from up to september like 2021 or whatever and i'm like oh that, yeah, yeah. that explains why they're two or three years old then.
0: it's limited yeah
1: <laughs> but um but yeah no that was yeah so that kind of rounded out the saturday yeah. night obviously we'd um we'd announce the winners of the mortal blade um paint competition um that you, you mentioned as well um after kind of round two um just during that that break we had to do it pretty quickly because obviously i i was super interested in the painting side of stuff as well so i kind of wanted to to be in there and and with james when he kind of presented the awards um that um jim our our judge from stonebeard miniatures had um really kindly kind of come in and donated his time um to to judge all the models and and give the feedback and 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 everything like that so um he unfortunately had to shoot off for, for family stuff but um it it was awesome having his kind of input um and ultimately decision making so me and james could just kind of listen to him tell us why the models were well painted which was great yeah um expanding
0: expanding the capillary
3: is good
1: yeah and he also had loads of advice for us and suggestions on what we could do next year for like prizes or commended stuff that i would never have thought to do them but i'm like oh actually that's that's a wicked idea and it's not that much like extra effort but it would just make it would just lift lift the whole thing that that we presented so um now massive thanks to him again for coming along and helping and um yeah it was awesome to award those um obviously we we did have a few people this year enter that weren't playing in the event so they were kind of the like the commission painters and, and and stuff like that which was was cool and i i'd been expecting those guys to kind of clean up and um obviously daniel was one of them that came in and he won kind of the two categories that he entered um things into um but then also we did have um some amazing models come from players at the event like ash ash McEwen um with his hero of legend that was amazing in the kind of non-metallic orange armor style um from the like the book art um yeah And he's lifted his painting like he won, obviously, best painted last year with his gargants. And I think he put a lot of hours into trying to paint this admiral. And it was it was incredible. Like, I didn't realize he could paint that well, to be honest. Like, I know he's a very, very good painter. But at that high end level as well, it was um, it was phenomenal. Um, And then obviously, Tom, Tom Oliver there with his his Blight Kings, um, which I remember Jim commented saying, like, it's a unit of 10 and any single one of them would have been up for potentially winning the Hero of Legend category on their own, and he's done ten of them to that standard, yeah. and and it's in a gaming army, um, yeah. Yeah. which is incredible. And then obviously his Corps as well for for the, the the monster, um, so yeah, no, that was awesome. And um, and then Nick, we had Nick James as well with his um, Burly bruises as well, the horrors, um, yeah, so. Yeah, um, Yeah, I wanted to be in there.
0: Remember, Jim was saying like he was like coming from the display painter world to see the the standard that we have in the Sigma world, like all the gaming slash yeah the gaming hobby space. Like because like the army painting style is 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 different to the display painting style. Um, But for him to say like and to see how high the standard is. in The me painting world is um uh, was really cool to see, really encouraging. We've got some really top notch um painters in the Sigma scene, so it's 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 awesome. We just want to celebrate that more. Yeah. And yeah, next year is going to be awesome. I've got a good feeling about next year, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, obviously, just a bit of a shame that, yeah, obviously, Terry said you, you couldn't get into the room. Um, we'll so it's it's, yeah, it's something <laughs> that I, um, I wonder if there's a a way that we can possibly do it, Um, if there's some kind of access that they have um, up that first flight of stairs um, from the main kind of hall. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Well,
2: we'll grab grab a bunch of dudes. We'll just lift you up and take you in. As I said, I I can walk away. It's just not not smart. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But then – Sorry, and, and your guys' coverage of it on on the photos on on Facebook and that in your social media, like I could see the yeah. models, like and the photos were fantastic, like so I could see the details and that sort of stuff. So I, I did get there to see go. it, just not yeah in person and such.
0: Yeah, like well, I've um I took photos of all the models um with my um, photography station there, um so I've been working my way through editing all those and I'm slowly releasing them all through. I created a new Instagram page, um for the. Mortal Blade Miniature Painting Competition. So listeners, to jump on Instagram if you want to follow along. Um, I'm going to be sort of drip-feeding out all the models that we entered into that um, competition, sort of a post every three days. Um, but I'm going to give every unit, every entry, the attention it deserves and put a spotlight on each person who entered. Um, and so, yes, stay tuned. That's it's, uh, Mortal Blade. That's Mortal underscore Blade underscore M. PC for like miniature painting competition. But yeah. Model underscore blade underscore MPC. But yeah, if you check that out on Instagram, um, also created a Facebook page for, um, the painting competition as well for the same purpose, just to have a, an area to, um, to post the, the models from the entries and also communicate, create, create the hype over the, the next 12 months, um, to have a, uh, that sort of social media presence um hopefully people will notice to um and get inspired by to come and enter next year's competition so yeah so yeah stay tuned on there terry because they'll you'll you'll get to see them all eventually over time but yeah Yeah. i'm just drip feeding that out (laughs) (laughs) i've got posting i've got i've got to post every three days for the next year probably (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just in time,
2: <laughs> finish it up for the next one to start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, have created a rod for my own back.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I think I think it's a, a great service, though. I mean, it's a lot of work for you and that, but no, like, um, what a, what an amazing thing
1: to do.
0: It's all part of the hobby for me. Like, it's mm. yeah,
1: it's yeah. When you yeah. um, when it's something I just and and that's why I think it's so good that this year we kind of with that like. I basically said, Look, I'll do the tournament stuff. I'll sort out the software and the, the pack and that side of things. And I kind of said, can you, can you run with the painting side of things? And you, you completely did. And, i'm so glad that i was kind of like yep yeah, you do that because you know what you're doing and you think of those things because when you got your stuff out of your bag i was just like yep yeah, cool there's the tablecloths there's the lamps and then you're like oh yeah and i brought my painting set up so i'm gonna set it up over here so people can like take pictures of their models and stuff like semi-professionally and i was like i would never have thought of that in a million years but i 100 <laughs> percent agree that that is a great idea yeah. um and then yeah, the like, fact that you yeah. took you took the time to then take all the models and take those photos for people because most of them were people that were playing in the hall. So that just that cognizance that people aren't necessarily going to have the time to use this setup. So you did it for them for all the entries. Was yeah, just yeah, brilliant. Was brilliant. It's so well it's done.
0: It's the least. It's least we can least we can do. To you know, they've taken the time to enter and support the event. So um, the least they can do is get some nice photos for their models. <laughs> And some a bit of a spotlight um, out on social medias.
3: So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Should we roll into day two then? Um, get into the, the spicy, pointy end of things. Um, you mm. you've already kind of given a bit of a spoiler alert that you had double. You had back to back cornflakes um, uh, on day two. Um, so how yeah. is uh, was that going? I know you uh, you you uh, were playing. I think a clubmate for game. Yeah, four. yeah. So.
2: so- uh, Clubmate, but they're two hours away. So, so me and right. Jake are being, and young who do competitive AOS, um, and we joined Hammer because I can never remember if they're Orange or Bathurst, but they're one of the two or both. Um, basically, right. <laughs> of the club. yeah, yeah. So, so, so they're the sort of nearest club. So we sort of joined
0: Central club New South them. Wales.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, it was quite funny because obviously the pairings went up on Saturday night. And um, I was sharing a, a room with Jake because, you know, we traveled together and all that. So not a room, but a, you know what I mean? We had separate rooms. But basically he was laughing because I think he got a text message from Blake, who was who was my opponent, going, how do I beat Terry? <laughs> 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 so, um, and I just laughed at him and said, "I um, like, I think I was laughing and Jake was like, like, give him the worst advice possible, like stay back or something. <laughs> but, uh, he's, he was very smart. <laughs> Is what he's doing. So he's he played corn. So I think he came second in the rankings of corn last year. He just got beat at the end there. So he likes his corn. He's played corn for a while. He hasn't just jumped yeah. on the. Meta. Um, he knows what he's doing. Uh, yep. Yeah, he played. He played pretty smart. So it was the one where you activate. Um, so no, none of them are active. Um, player who uh, goes second chooses prize of prize of gallant. Yeah, prize of Gallet. So, um. On that mission, things change a little bit. You don't have to rush. So I thought, ah, uh, you know, and he, he deployed right at the back of the board. He, he deployed really far back. So I thought, you know what, you're going first and I'll pick the one on one active. And he did the smart thing and moved these blood reavers up. So I had to kill the blood reavers, give him a blood type point. Um, and then I won the priority and I thought, ah, uh, you know, I can't. It's the, it's the same as Alfring him if, if I had taken the second turn. Um, I only get one turn of shooting him. I wanted to try and potentially double turn him to just completely annihilate him. So I gave him the turn and that's where, um, of course, he spends his blood type points and rolls nothing but sixes on his moves.
3: <laughs>
2: and um, <laughs> then double moves one. So he <clears throat> he did the right thing. like He went for an 11-inch charge. So it was 12 inches, but he's got plus one the charge. So 11 inches he needed on 3D6, and then it was a 9 inch, but he needs 8 on the ordinary 2D6. Um, and at this point, i sort of looking at him going, okay, if you make these two charges, I'm done, because this is 40 blood letters coming at me. I can shoot one squad to the point where they can't hurt me too much, but the other squad would have just mince muted me. Yeah. So um, at this point, I'm going, I should have gone. I should have taken the turn. But um, yeah, after he's, he, he even. Um, for some reason, he sort of said to me, so this is just a roll to see how spicy the dice are. And he rolls his two dice, and it's double six. And I'm going, oh, here we go. I'm dying." <laughs> it, 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 it was corn um, dice versus Slanesh dice, and he was rolling nothing but sixes, and I'm like, I'm toast. I'm dead. Um, I'm going to lose to him and never live it down. And, and um, then he goes through his he's, he's 3D6 on 11. I think he rolls a nine, and he rolls it again. And he rolls a 10. And uh, so he goes through his 2d6 and he rolls uh, abysmally as well. He rolls like a 6 or something. So from me going, I'm dead, to literally, okay, now you're dead. um, Because (laughs) I I, it was my turn next. I shot off 39 bloodletters in one turn. He he actually denied me a battle tactic. He had one bloodletter alive that I said I was going to kill that squad. (laughs) Um, So... That was frustrating. So he, he's the only opponent who cost me a battle tactic.
1: I was going to say, I noticed. But, I, was yeah, looking at your, yeah, yeah. I was looking yeah. at your overall stats before, and I was yeah. like, oh, you dropped one battle tactic. So I was wondering yeah. when that was going to come up.
2: Yeah, yeah. So he, he made me drop that one um, with a auto pass on the morale, of course, rather than rolling. Um, and then I, I rolled the priority and double <laughs> and just basically shook his hand because he was, he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had two, two blood firsters left. Oh, Scarbrand and thing. And I was always going to call Scarbrand. So well, I was going to freeze Scarbrand if he got the turn anyway. So, <laughs> so you yeah. just have his Boom, boom first, I think they're called, or something. Um, the unfettered Fury, the, isn't it? The, the Incensate Rage, through, but the, the,
1: unfettered, unfettered, the, un, the Unfettered Fury is the 3d6 charge. Oh, so he had the 3d6
2: charge one, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, um,
2: Unfettered Fury. But yeah, but that's, that's kind of like the point of my armies. Get rid of enough of their hammers and then freeze anything that's left to remain. Um, so you see a common theme going on here. Um, yep. So yeah, that was that was scary, but it turned into brutal. And obviously, because I'd given him a few turns, he got a few battle tactics and things. So, um, and then the, the final one was probably the most interesting in the way that it did not go the way I expected at all. Um, very smart player, uh, Matthew Campbell, isn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. So mm-hmm. he, um, we got the board with that massive. It was a massive um, gatehouse. That was impassable. Um, and it, it took up oh. like a third of the board. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't know whether you guys put the impassable token on it, but it was impassable. Yeah. Was what? The entire like... thing with the two towers and the gatehouse and things, that so was impassable. Oh. And it, it was at like an angle at 45 degrees across my deployment zone because, of course, he won the role and stuck me there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But it, maybe that could have been a little sneaky, little
2: yeah well, he, sneaky little adjustment it yeah. made yeah well he he didn't do it i can tell you that because i I went over to the board before and, and it was there so oh I yeah like it
0: might have been, been there yeah i don't <laughs> think we would have put anyway yeah, yeah. it was but, there but, when you got there and yet yeah, yeah, you had yeah. to so, play it
3: yeah. <laughs> oh shit
2: um, <laughs> so basically um he made me drop my entire army first smart move because <laughs> then you can see what i'm doing so I thought, okay, right, I have one option here. I'm, I'm having to go first no matter what he does. Otherwise, I'm pinned in my zone behind this impassable thing and I'm going to lose on points. So I shove all of my archers right up the front where I can get out. Um, and then he deploys down his uh, blood crushers and 20 blood and his blood first. are so they're ready to come and murder me if I give him first turn. Then his other 20 blood are back. <clears throat> and then he's got a few characters around. Um, so once I took first turn, I'd killed the twenty blood letters, the um, four of the six blood crushers, um, and some other screening things. Um, basically, at that point, he just turned to, "Okay, I'm not winning this game because then obviously I froze his other squad of blood letters." He actually had an interesting um, way of doing it, which was basically he's just at that point he's just, "Alright, I'm going to score as many points as I can. I'm going to do my battle tactics." Um, yeah. so he yeah. started basically playing for battle tactics, which was, which was, you know, at that point, I suppose the best you can do. Right. But I sort of, I had a chat to him beforehand about, I don't like it when two good players like that meet and one of them knocks them right down as well. Mm. So, you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you go to a tournament and you see someone doing really well and then you get them in the last and you, you're knocking them down to probably like at best at what he got for.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So. I wish there was a way to um not have it so brutal but it's just the way it is I suppose. It's war. Yeah
1: pretty much. Well I mean yeah. fourth fourth was good and it's it's one of those yeah. things cuz because the scores were driven by the 30o it very much was like if you do well across your other four games and that's that's what yeah. happened with Mitch like Mitch got one point from his game with you whereas Matt got five but yeah. Mitch Mitch was 4-1 Matt was 4-1 because Mitch's other games were bigger as well so yeah. um it's not necessarily that he got slapped down because of that game with you if anything Mitch would have been the one that got slapped down um from that yeah. um yeah. and yeah Ben obviously he he's still got back, five yeah. wins but they weren't as bigger wins but consistent yeah. wins
0: yeah so it's a bit more of, yeah, on your on your play on your outcomes
2: yeah 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 I do I do um Appreciate that, but it it it's never like because I've been on that end of the you know you get to the final round and you get knocked down. It's always it's always stings but, stings but, a but bit. Yeah, yeah. So mm. and like he his attitude was like he he knew like I could see he he wasn't entirely happy to be playing me. I mean you wouldn't be, but he was he was fine about it. And we we had a few laughs and we had a talk. Like really great guy. um Because that that final round to me is always the most sore. Like, yeah, the same with probably. It's interesting. If you lose your first game, you kind of then just go gung ho for the rest of the tournament. Yeah. But when you've won four and then lose your last, it's like that's when you get like, ah. But no, he was really good about it. And um, we ended up talking most of it out because it was pretty obvious what he was doing. I could see what he was doing. And rather than making him, you know, play. For an hour and a half a miserable game we just i sort of said "Look, i can see what you're doing you're gonna do this do this do this and he says yeah that's exactly what i'm doing i said there you go well we know what you're doing done yeah well, because because sometimes a a,
0: a gentleman's agreement
2: yeah and like as he said as well like it is hard to stop battle tactics um the Especially some of the book ones, like a lot of the corn ones, are just like kill something or you know whatever. Um, so it's pretty hard to stop when you've got very squishy units, and he's got murderous things, and he can, you know, I gave him so many blood type points that he could just summon stuff back and you know mess around. So yeah, but it was yeah, as I said, like um, no one got salty, mad, anything. Like it was really probably the most chill tournament I've ever been to sweet
3: (laughs) which is great especially
1: given (laughs) given the prize which we haven't fully kind of talked about yet um I that was a concern and i know it was something that people talked about before and i've seen chat online of saying these golden tickets to warhammer champs or whatever Mm. are going to be the death of fun tournament experiences because Mm. it's going to encourage all the wrong kind of behavior at tournaments so it's yeah. so good to hear that, that like actually that was up for grabs and yeah. it was probably one of the most chill yeah. tournaments you've been yeah. to.
0: Yeah, I was actually, actually was feeling that. So I was in the lead up, I was like, yeah, this, there's, there's going to be a sharp tank at the top. We've got to be really like as TOs have to be really sharp yeah. and on the ball and watching and making sure there's no bullshit, you know, or cheating or whatever, mm. like um, because of the stakes, you know. So, but yeah, it was, we didn't have that experience at all. So,
2: yeah awesome you guys kind of of, um implemented that um um i can't remember what you called it now but it was was like um sportsmanship there's a sport sportsmanship thing where if your opponent was not being clear about things or didn't tell you things you could you could sort of say something and knock them down a point or something and i i initially was like oh look you're gonna have players who um didn't want to lose, knock your points off just because they can. But it didn't work that way. Um I was worried that was the way it was gonna go, you know, say like if you had someone who was win at all costs and you beat them, of course they're gonna say, Oh no, you 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 weren't a good player, you didn't tell me this, you didn't tell me that, you know. I think um you guys sort of I think at the end, towards the end you sort of said, Look, um we're gonna we're gonna mark them down as five points, but if you have an issue come and see us and we'll knock them down the points which i think is a great way to do it and i think all tournament organizers should sort of be saying the same I mean, you guys are same, like it's better to say when it's happening in the game if you feel like you're not having mm. a fun game for whatever reason if they're bullying if they're um you know being aggressive you know like you should feel like you can call a to over and say i'm not comfortable mm. um here and the to's um, like you two are amazing, you're on the ball with that, you you, you know it's a thing that can happen um, and you're absolutely on the ball with it, which I love, because I don't think I've ever seen any other tournament implement, and I'm not saying the points thing is the way to do it, because I think you did have an issue with like people being a little bit niggly and having a point here or there or something over nothing really serious um, but yeah, like once you get through those teething problems and just sort of say look, if you're not having a good game let us know
0: yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, there was a few okay. occasions where uh players would come up and um and that's why it was really like so fantastic to have Dan on on the spot as well. Um he's really good with that. He's very he can be very assertive when he needs to be and we need that kind of character. Hmm. Um for this for this year's slaughter I was I was out in um yeah for, at least for day one I was out in the um Competition for most of the time, anyway. So I wasn't interacting as much as I would normally um, on day one. Um, but it was just great to have Dan there to back us up um, to take care of things like that, too. Yeah. Um, but there were, there was, a, there were, and those sorts of situations uh, are so rare. Like mm. they're not, it's, it's, there's a, there might be a bit of a perception that that happens a lot in tournaments, but reality is it, it's pretty rare. So. It's the
2: exception, not the yeah, yeah, normal. Yeah. Like you, you, I don't. In our experience, I, in our experience, it's yeah. been pretty rare. So yeah. yeah, I I had more more of that in forty k. Um, I don't mm. think I've had I don't think I've had a single AOS game where it's been an issue to the point of where cause I actually I stopped playing forty k because of it. I I couldn't deal with the aggro and the arguments. Um, but that just blows AOS my mind. AOS, eh? <laughs> yeah, like so you know like if if you are sort of a burnt-out 40K player, I suggest, you know, <clears throat> if you want to do more chill, do AOS, because the the crowd's very different. It's it is it's not all about, I have to win, you know. Um, it's it You can actually have fun, and fun things happen in the game. Like, um, you know, when you... Like, I know there's sort of... Uh, the one thing I don't like about where they're going with some things is they're making two, things too reliable. Like, I, I'm sick of hearing twos and twos, yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but um yeah true yeah true like with my giants and things like when my gatebreaker smashed it smashed but when it fluffed it fluffed like it was fun um <laughs> but yeah so yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah and i mean this is like i'm not talking the oppressive days of giants like before anyone had to damage to kill them you literally just stuck them on the table and go haha i win but no when you actually had to play a game with them
3: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah but um yeah, so I, I, I enjoy those moments in AS. You you come away with more fun stories and things, and, and the game should be fun. It, it's supposed to be a game. It should be fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that is one of the benefits of slaughter obviously this was the sixth year of running it now we do get a lot of most most of the people there have been to at least one before and everyone kind of as soon as you've done one you know what the vibe is and that means that when you go again you you're going into it knowing what the vibe is so you help just continue that to be the vibe and make it just even better and so um like that's such a thing with the d3 mortal wounds crew they're all so big on the having fun and enjoying the experience and and catching up and like sure they're going to try and win but they're all going to try and do it in the right way and this year 25 percent of the field was d3 boys and i think every single person that plays a d3 boy has a fun game they get that experience and so Mm. it does help that i think as well there's a lot in the pack this year as well i kind of put in that rule of if you're a just because of the extra stakes that were involved with the prize if you are a competitive player that i deemed as being in the top 50 in last year's ranking season if something comes up that's a contentious decision after the game or whatever that turns out that it would have affected the game you'll be expected to do the honorable thing and kind of forfeit the result etc and um and i was basically like so don't i pretty much put wording in the pack that was like don't try anything because it's going to go against you and yeah. you're not going to win the event. If a calling is made against you, you're not yeah. winning the event if you have a lost game. So, um, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I don't Mar- know if that helped, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was the same vibe with masters and it, it really put people on their toes. Everyone played their best game. No one had a, um, a bad game of arguing or whatever. Like masters made it clear. If you're caught cheating, um, we'll disgrace you basically. Like, If you're caught cheating or using your rules wrong, like at this competitive level at Masters... You should know. um, Yeah, you've come to (laughs) Masters. You should know your stuff. If you're doing something wrong, then you've probably been doing it wrong the whole way, so therefore we're going to just cut your name out. Like, you shouldn't be here. Um, So I I, I really like those sort of rules, and I'll wear that. Um, Like, if I do something wrong, even if it's unintentional, um, like I had a situation at one tournament I went to, um, someone basically said no that 's not how it works, and we called a te over because I actually said like i 've been doing this the whole tournament. It was the incarnate's roll um roll the dice, and if you don 't roll um, over thing he resets and he 's saying no he doesn 't reset i said well i 've won games on this so if if i 've been playing it wrong i 'm going to go back and forfeit every game I just played because that's that 's the attitude you should have like if yeah if you 're playing it wrong and you 're pulled up on it um like this isn't to new players. Like new players, you can make mistakes. It, it's not yep. the end of the world. If your opponent pulls you up on it, just learn. But those who are super competitive, if you're doing something wrong, you probably know you're doing it wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But well, then also, know. mistakes do happen. But I think people yeah. that are people that are playing at the top regularly, and that are people that you should want in the hobby, they're good sports. Mm. They want to. You want. They want to win in the right way. Mm-hmm. They should be the first person to go, Ah, oh, shit, I did that wrong. That's on me. I forfeit the game. Correct. Yeah.
0: It's one of those things where it's like there's there's always just that little question of doubt and plausible deniability, which yeah. can really be used as well. So you kind of can, as a TA, you can really suspect someone, but you've got no evidence, yeah.
1: you know. Yeah. And, look, and it's, then it's it happened where... Yeah, you don't, I just, I basically this year just didn't want that to be, I basically didn't want it to be down to the players. I didn't want the person that it happened to, to feel bad about kind of trying to enforce this. But then I also didn't want someone to use that plausible deniability. If it did happen in the worst happened that they were like, no, it was a genuine mistake. And you, you would hope people forfeit. I basically said, I will rule that you are forfeiting. Like it is I make this decision. So Mm. don't do it. (laughs) Because it's gonna happen. Basically, don't fuck
2: up. Don't fuck up people. All right. (laughs) Don't fuck your shit up. Get it right. (laughs) At at a competitive level, we're talking Yeah, yeah. Like what I the other thing I do like that you guys did, and I don't think anyone actually did it because as we said it was so chill, but the chess clock
1: thing. Like No, people um, were using them.
2: Oh, they were okay, just not on day two
1: but it just didn't yeah. it didn't matter but people were using it. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't need one.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one needed a chess clock versus me. <laughs> oh, so bad. Yeah, cuz I think I but, came around
1: uh, uh, I came around when you were playing Matt Campbell in the last game and I said, "Look, Terry, I I, I don't think you need a chess <laughs> clock, but but Matt would you like him and Matt joke like, "Oh yeah, put put a clock on this motherfucker." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And yeah. He, he joked again too when I was rolling my hundred and sixty shots. I said, "Are you sick of me rolling yet?" And he goes, "Yeah, maybe I should have put you on the clock." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes you three hours to roll your dice. No, uh, it doesn't. But yeah, I, I purposely got the small dice for that, and I, I knew. Yeah. You. So, um. Yeah, how did you? How
0: did you like, um. Just how did you sort of approach your dice rolling? Like, did you have sort of sets of set numbers and colours or what was your kind of yeah. way? Yeah.
2: So, so, so basically I had a, a pot of 36. Um, do you know how they come in 36, like the little dice? Yeah. Um, so basically what I do is say to my opponent, right, okay, so I've got 36 dice here. I have 41 shots per squad. So what I did was I rolled the 36, sometimes just like out of the pot, And and I said, look, I can re-roll five ones because I got five extra shots. And often enough, you know, you get five ones on 36 dice. Um, So I just did it that. And and because I'd been practicing with the army, like, the more you practice with your army, the quicker you get at it. Like, you can tell a player who plays a lot because he knows his stuff, he does it quickly. Bang, Um, bang, bang. Same with movement trays, movement trays, movement trays. Like, I've got 88 boys to move around. I'm just pushing four movement trays rather than individually models, so... You know, if, you, yeah. if you're if you looking to speed up the game, you sort of, you learn these things as you play more, I guess. Um, But also, as you guys put in the pack too, it is very important that you let your opponent see your dice, count your dice, be happy. Just make sure your opponent's happy because there's no worse feeling than them not, you know, like if they're very quick with their dice and, and they pick them all up or whatever, you know, you can get that sort of feeling of, well, hang on. Well, I didn't get to... To see, that. You to see that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so especially as as in the,
1: the especially in the low quantity of high value attacks rolls because yeah. when you're like wounding on twos and you're only making three or four attacks but they're going to be yeah. like damage six rend three the difference mm. between no it was a two if it was a, your opponent thought it was a yeah. one is actually massive versus 40 yeah. one of them maybe being a one yeah. or a two is is less but yeah. for sure
2: yeah, and Do I you, um,
0: remember... oh yeah, no, sorry. sorry
1: go yeah. On. Oh, sorry,
0: mate. I was just going to say, do you um remove misses or do you pick up
2: hits? So or... with, with more dives, I, I tend to always remove misses because if I've missed a miss, it's still on the table and the opponent can point it out to me. So I will always leave the hit. So if I'm hitting on a three, I'll remove the ones and twos. And then, um, if I've missed one, the opponent will go, oh, there's another two there kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas if you're picking up your hits, it can be, um, you know, it's, it's a bit easier to, you know... It's a bit ambiguous. Yeah. It's been, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, But also I, I when prefer...
1: you're, you're generally rolling favourable odds, so it makes sense to pick up a third of your yeah. dice rather than two-thirds of your dice as well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, like, with my hands, they shake a bit and whatnot. Sometimes I might knock a dice here or there. Um, so it's important that my opponent is watching... Um, and I'll always do it the other way. So if if I've knocked a dice and the opponent hasn't seen it, I'll just say, "Look at that! that's going to be a miss because um, you, so you just want to know what like, it was." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, no, I, like even if I knew it, what it was, like it's just that bit of like, "Look, that was my mistake. I've knocked it. It's now a two when it was a three or whatever." I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna pull it and just say, "Yeah, that's my problem." Unless it's yeah. you know they're watching, watching, which they should be anyway. You should always be watching your opponent roll dice. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh, yeah.
2: But um, it's it's one of those things like um, just give your opponent enough time, as you say, to look at your dice. Because if you're if you're going too fast, if you're worried too much about time, you can come across very bad. Um, and same with like um, measuring. The favorite way I do measuring is um, it's less important with shooting, but with charges, when you're going for a charge, it's always better to to measure. From point to point, and, and declare like, okay, I'm moving this fast, so we're gonna be that far away. Same with like the redeploy. There's nothing worse than going. Um, oh, I'm moving forwards, and then oh oh, you're just within nine, so I'm gonna redeploy If you if you're intentionally staying out of nine, state it before you move, and then there's no arguments. So same same with um, like the charges with corn um, with Blake's corn, we measured it before, and he moved the models, and he'd actually nudged a few models closer. And I said, oh, no, no, because we said it was 12-inch charge um, when he rolled the 10. He was like, oh, maybe I'll make it in on 11. I'm like, no, we, we said it was 12. We measured it. So you, you avoid that sort of um, confusion and such. And that was a big thing in, in Masters as well with the rulers and stuff. Like, make it very clear what mm. you're doing. As much as sometimes you don't want to tell your opponent what you're doing, they're not dumb. They know what you're doing. <laughs> like, just make it clear so there's no ambiguity. Like, I can't say the word yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so they're my my tips for having a good competitive game I suppose <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and they're they're the, usually the ones though the dice rolling and, and intent that's normally like you said about the sports um in all honesty the only reason we made it for the later rounds what will default everyone to five and then if there's if you want to mark someone down saying just come and find me and I can change it was just that was just an issue with the um, the software because oh, yeah. all, all the soft scoring stuff. Um, it, so we use BCP this year. And BCP has historically been a very 40K driven um, kind of app. Um, mm. And 40K does not have a lot of soft scores. Or if it does, it's like built into the actual game score I, is my understanding. Um, so all those like votings on soft scores and things isn't, really a feature that bcp has had in the past um and so um josh diffie who's the main developer on bcp now who um is an aussie and um massive massive thanks to him he um he came through and he helped massively pretty much custom build all of the stuff for for slaughter this year um kind of in that week running up to it and he put all the soft scoring in so slaughter was a a test event for loads of that soft scoring stuff um that previous prior to that weekend wasn't in bcp at all um and it went pretty well it was just that the soft scoring was all web only um they didn't have time to like push that to the app and so a lot of people were struggling with the using the app to submit their results which worked fine but then getting on the web browser if people didn't have their account login or trying to scroll the page we found that there was a few people having issues and yeah, yeah. the time it would take to chase people up and make sure their sports scores are in when almost no one was actually marking anybody down there's an option on my end to just default soft scores to max each round so I just went you know what from round three I went I'm just going to default max soft scores to max every round if you want to change it, come and see me, and it's easy for me to change a score or two. So um, that's kind of the only way, the only real reason we we did it that way. Um, otherwise, other previous years we've always had players vote, and it's been in those same categories. But not many people drop points, and the couple that were dropped generally were those player was clear with their dice rolling and clear with intent and stuff. Because sometimes people aren't, and that's a valid thing to be like. Mm, they kinda weren't. I'm just gonna drop them one point here. But a four is still pretty good. Um, and that was all it ever was. I don't think anybody ever got less than a four. And even then, I think they probably only got two fours, maybe was the lowest sports out of twenty five for the whole event. So, um, yeah, sports has never really been a problem at Slaughter, which is great, and it's obviously something we encourage from like the prizes and the announcements of the awards at the end and stuff as well. So um, yeah, it's. Um, ideally I want everyone to just vote and do it and it's quick and easy. But when it's not, it's on me as a TO to make everyone's experience easy. So I try. that's why I kind of made that decision to just take that away from everyone as one less thing to worry about. And it, I think it was the right call in the end and, um, and stuff. But if, if that functionality is quick and easy as people are submitting results, I'll put it back in for next year. But yeah.
2: I, as a competitive player as well, it does, does make you go, okay, I need to make sure my opponent's happy. Because when you're when you're aiming to win or win by as much points as you can, i.e. for rankings, get as many points as you can. Losing points is big. So, you know, making them on their toes that you could potentially lose five points if you're if you're being a complete um, uh, pain in the ass for for <laughs> keeping <it>, PG. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean. Like it hey, doesn't man. encourage that kind of. I'm not going to tell you what my army does. I'm not going to show you my dice. I'm not going to, like, yeah, like rolling your dice behind a piece of terrain so your opponent can't see them is is not, <laughs> is not game. Like, mm. no.
1: Yeah, but equally, they are very objective in that they are like you mentioned earlier. Oh, just in case some you play someone and you smash them and they go, oh, I'm going to mark you down now because of. Because I got beaten, basically. Mm. It, but anyone... Like, it never happened this year, but every every previous year, if anybody ever scores a three or less, I go and talk to their opponent to, like, ask, because I'm like, okay, what's what's happened in this game? Mm. So I can yeah. be clear. And then if that's ever happened, and you you generally see that if someone's awarded a, sp- a score and it's they've been beaten, when you go and talk to them and you actually go, okay, so they were on time, because I know everyone was in the hall, so... Yeah. They get that point, and I was like, "Okay, so were they not clear?" And then they're like, "Well, yeah. no, they were." And then when you actually start questioning them, they're like, "Yeah, yeah okay." They they
2: they're just being petty, kind of thing. Yeah, they're just yeah. salty, yeah, yeah. Mm. So
1: and so that's also again, <laughs> again, why why they're kind of built in to, again, make sure that people don't do that and that yeah. everyone's playing yeah. in the spirit of yeah. the game and 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 stuff like that. So yeah, it's <laughs> um, so funny, but honestly though i i was super happy with how with how everything went this year like it went from my, from my end like it's no year's it ever going to be without hitch like without a hitch but it went pretty good i felt like it there weren't massive delays around rejigging had a bit of a delay on the saturday morning when i just had to deal with like the two drops and rejig but again the software repaired everyone basically into the same person they should have been playing and just jigged the couple of matchups that needed to change um so i didn't feel like we kept people waiting um and stuff mm-hmm. which was cool but um yeah yeah obviously I you software is such a huge like
0: you're scoring software your, whatever platform you're using is can make or break you like <laughs> it really can it's such a huge source of stress if it's not working properly
2: <laughs> yeah I, I i sort of got a a taste I, I sort of wondered why you ran it on the long weekend um but now knowing like we drove Four hours there on the Saturday morning. Yeah, um, crazy. Stayed the stayed the Saturday night and then drove home on the Sunday. So we didn't get home till something like <clears throat> 11 p.m. or something. Um, so yeah, anyone that's that's going to travel, I'd suggest like yeah, go, going on the Saturday morning is fine because I, I obviously you're in and We were just talking about strategy for the first game. Um, so I don't mind going there on the Saturday morning, but I probably would have stayed the Sunday night, knowing now. Because, yeah. um, yeah, like it, it ran till I think, um, 6 something like that. Um, I think so. Yeah. And then obviously the four hour trip home. So, yeah, mm. if you're traveling, um, that's why they do it on the long weekend. Uh, just book the Sunday night, is my, is my,
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we learned that one as well. Where,
2: yeah, yeah, because you guys travel like, uh, one of you is from <laughs> Queensland, someone's somewhere else, like, you travel quite a bit, yeah. Weekend. yeah
0: Yeah, chris chris flies flies, fries flies in from brizzy and um i drive up from Goulburn, which yeah (laughs) we're both originally from sydney yeah we've just just...
2: sort of yeah Yeah. i was i was sort of wondering why do you why do you still do it in sydney but that's where the player base is i guess
1: oh it's more it's it's the venue it's all the terrain all the mats um the the relationship the relationship with the venue um it honestly Loads of people asked me when they found out like that I was coming from Brisbane, I'm like, honestly, it's easier to run it here than it would be to run it in a hall five minutes from my house because I like everything's there. Everything's there. And also the relationship with the venue is so massive that building that up over the last few years, you then get the benefits of they know what you're going to bring for them in terms of trade. So then you can start talking, venue higher price you can start getting the cocktail specials like we had this year and last year you can (laughs) get all you can start getting all that extra stuff which really just lifts the experience and helps also you spend less on venue hire um which means you can put more into making the event better um so that that's why honestly like even though yeah it's a travel for both of us it's nice for me to get away and like it's because i don't if i again if i was running it 5 minutes from home i'd feel obliged that i had to make it home to try and like put my son to bed and yeah. do all that stuff whereas it is on my birthday weekend as well every year when we do it so it's oh. kind of it's my birthday i can do what i want i'm going to <laughs> i'm running my event and i yeah. kind of get the pass for the weekend so it's it's good
2: you didn't tell us that you should have been getting free drinks all weekend
1: i trust me that oh D3 he does D3, yeah. D3 me, yeah. yeah the three boys the jaeger bombs getting passed to me all, all weekend so. yeah
0: the the jaeger bomb we got jaeger bombed out of existence on saturday <laughs> night i think like
1: well you you did
0: yeah i did yeah i got d3 I, I was gonna, I got I was gonna say when,
1: <laughs> when you uh when you said earlier that you you were out of the hall for um for pretty much the first day i was like i was gonna say oh and the, the first day game too. of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first game of day two
2: yes yeah, yeah i wonder no, no. why you rocked up late the second day <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah bloodshot you know, eyes yeah yeah, yeah the, the yes. venue as a bit, like we said it earlier but the venue like i remember um the bar staff um the lady I, I don't know her name or anything but she she was like up on the stage telling us when the bar would open and it's like cheers across the whole room and, Gracie, yeah, Gracie. Oh, yeah, Gracie, and they, yeah yeah and they brought she brought water out for us all and everything like they really looked after us like
0: yeah
3: yeah restaurant um, the
0: restaurant love restaurant love just like it's we've got that we we rock up on the on the Friday afternoon and everyone in there ah oh, you're back hey it's like you know you yeah. see all the old familiar faces
2: again so we've got that ongoing yeah. thing the, now which yeah keeps us coming back yeah, yeah and with the meals and it, they got it down pat like they they took the menus round to the table and had yeah. your, your table number and name and so like they'd, they'd got an idea of what everyone was having so everyone pretty much had their their meals and everything all done there was no um you know no one missed out on lunch because they ran late or whatever because the kitchen was so organized they were used to it
1: yeah yeah, is Steve. has yeah. been yeah. Steve's, Steve's been great to work with, and over the last yeah. couple of years. Um, and it is, again, that's just going to improve. Um, he's already spoken to us after this year for for next year about trying to get like a meal deal that will be kind of food and a food and a pint, like burger and a pint included special mm-hmm. lunch deal, that kind of thing. And yeah. um, my next thing that I want, to, I don't know if the venue does it at all, but I want to see if maybe next year. We can potentially get QR codes and ordering drinks directly from your tables delivered to your tables so mm. that you can just play the game, order <laughs> your drinks, and have them arrive. That's my big thing I want to try and get for next year. So
2: that would be awesome. Yeah. I think we'll have a lot more drunk players because they'll, cool that's the thing, I'll see.
1: They'll see the return in sales. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think by the end of the first day, there were a fair few fair few games that i don't know if they even remembered their rules but they were having a great time
0: oh yeah there was like beer hammer <laughs> there was
2: there was even there was yeah. bourbon hammer as well yeah, I think, yeah. um i
0: think it's uh yeah we'll start... <laughs> we'll start, it was, um up there with the with the bourbon hammer
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, with, uh, with seen... brayden. I think it was
0: with brayden yeah that's right yeah
2: there was there was a brayden... there was a table with with shot glasses on it used as something or other and I was like, oh yeah. no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that was the yeah. bourbon hey ha- bourbon yeah, habit yeah. table. Yeah, yeah. So that was very amusing. Like, and 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 who cares, right? Like, um, they weren't. These these games aren't obviously being super competitive. Like that wouldn't be tolerated if it was super competitive. Blah blah blah. But these are the games that you should be having at tournaments too. It's not all competitive. You, the tournament is for those, as you say, those who don't get to have games any other time. Have some fun.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like we sort of hope that players of all sort of like approaches can come to slaughter and mingle and enjoy enjoy the yeah. how they play Warhammer at the tournament.
1: Yeah, yeah. but I yeah. Oh, that's the other reason actually. is a good good kind of way to get onto it is. A lot of tournaments recently been being like, oh, the pairings, like, you don't want the, the top dogs, so to say, to play each other early on. And so you want random pairings for the first kind of three rounds or, or whatever so that those big final games happen in the final games. But I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, you you should be pairing against the people that are doing equally as well as you for the whole event. So if you go in a smash game one because you've got a big smash list, you should expect that the next game you're playing one of the other people with a big smash list and you should Mm. keep having to play all those people the whole way through. You should be playing the people that have the highest scores of the events if you want to win the event. And then it also allows more of the event, as you say, those people that are there to have more fun, casual games, they will keep pairing into people that want to have more fun, casual games as well. So it kind of naturally lets the the people that are trying to play play the people that are trying to play and the people that are also trying to chill do the same thing. Yeah, because
2: there's nothing worse than a player who just wants to have fun getting paired up three times against the super competitive. I'm not even going to smile at you while I kill you. Some yeah, <laughs> I've never met someone like that. I met probably because I've played forty k. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, play forty k, and you'll you see.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, too funny. Um, but yeah, should we? Um, we should probably um kind of been going for a couple of hours, so we should maybe just kind of talk about the overall kind of prize and your final thoughts. I think we you briefly hmm. mentioned prize tables before. Um, but yeah, kind of wrap up. So, obviously, you you took out the event five massive wins um it was cool i think looking at your scores the games definitely seemed like they were getting slowly like harder in in air quotes Mm. because your win went from a 30 to a 29 to a 27 to a 26 to a 25 i think in like overall points um but yeah, you obviously took out the event and we've kind of briefly touched on it before. The The prize for Slaughter this year was the golden ticket to um, the world champs in um, Atlanta. And um, Slaughter was the first, I guess, paid golden ticket um, that Australia's yeah. Australia's had. So um, mm. I know Can- CanCon had two given to um, people there, but they weren't, I think because it was right at the start of the announcement, they weren't kind of paid tickets, they weren't funded. Um, so yeah, it was, um, obviously a funded golden ticket. So, um, you said you came with the intent of, um, of getting it if you could. Um, so hopefully you're, you're taking that up and we have our first official Australian rep for the, the Warhammer world champs.
2: Yeah. So I've, um, I've already basically emailed the, the guy games workshop and got my name on the roster. So yeah, I'm going,
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's awesome. so cool. Oh, this is great. This is awesome. coming oh, can't wait to see it. I was actually thinking like we should um consider the idea of um maybe start up a GoFundMe sort of page to kind of help supplement some of the some of the costs for you to get over there.
2: Yeah, I'm not I uh, like obviously I'm I'm on a pension and whatnot. It's not easy, but um I, I, I don't know what the response would be, and I don't expect people to pay for me to go play Why I am a kind of thing. But, no. uh, like, I'd, I might be surprised. Um, so, yeah. but it's, Leave it with it's, us. It's,
0: leave leave with, leave with me. I'll put something out there yeah. and we'll see, what, yeah. see what happens. We've but, got a few months to go. So it's in November, right? 16th yeah. to 19th of November, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So to me, it's like um, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Like, I, I've yeah. never... To to like I haven't been on a holiday for, oh, I don't even know like ten years or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I've yeah. So to America. It's, it's not it's not a holiday, but it is like five, years five, five, five. Oh yeah, we went back to England five years ago for my brother's wedding. There um, you go. Which, yeah. we, we, we won't go there. um <laughs> <laughs> Brother's wedding isn't a holiday, I say. Um But anyway. <laughs> But, uh, you know, but also just like the, in my mind, like, because um, I, I know Joel Graham. I don't know if you all know Joel Graham, but um, he's, yeah, we he went to the Worlds event, da-da-da. So, I, I still message him because he was part of Crutch Hammer for a while there. And I, I played him um, a few times. So, I think we're we're 1-1. He's won once against me and I've won once against him. And I sort of said to him, how was Worlds? Because, da, 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 you know, you get to play the best players from other countries and things and you sort of, to me, it's just another level of um, competitive play, getting to see how other people, how other countries think about the game and that. So for me, yeah. it's like a, a really sort of expand my repertoire of, of Warhammer. I mean, I'm, an, I'm obsessed. Like, <laughs> Warhammer is all I do. I mean, I can't, I can't go do physical activities. So, um, so there's, to me, it's, it's a fantastic um, way to use my mind without having to use my body too yeah. much yeah. and um i'd actually like i'd i know it's not everyone's cup of tea but i'd love to see more more of the physically disabled community get, get in on it like it's fantastic like the community is fantastic and all that but um yeah same with um games workshop when i said hey look um just so you know i'm in a wheelchair they're like oh yeah absolutely the the hotel's wheelchair friendly we've already made sure your wheelchair can get around all the boards um like it's it's amazing, amazing. yeah yeah, yeah.
0: How
2: cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah. So they should. So, yeah, yeah, but you don't. Games Workshop. You, <laughs> so you <now>. don't expect <laughs> it. You don't expect it. Yeah, it, it yeah, sounds yeah. bad, but you know, like you don't expect them to even think about it. But yeah. they do. So it's so it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah, it's mm. it's great that we've got at least one. Aussie going um well I don't know I didn't know you're from the UK originally I don't know you you're an Australian citizen I take it so you you count as an Aussie um same as me um but it'll be cool to see hopefully we can get a few more but it's great to at least have one and we hoped that obviously um we would be able to send someone from um the winner of Slaughter would be taking up their ticket because yeah Games Workshop kind of said look we can't obviously force people to have it circumstances happen, but generally um if people win your ticket, we, we kind of want them to come. Um it, it might affect future allocations of tickets, et cetera, if if events push to get a ticket and then no one comes on that ticket kind of thing. So um it's awesome to know that the first one has been has been won and, and is being used. So um Yeah. Do you uh, no, no, do you have any plans for the list, or are you very much w- watching for the new GHB uh, and points and stuff?
2: Yeah, well, I've, the, the leaks for the GHB. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, should, I, I actually that. was. <laughs> I was
0: actually debating whether or not I should bring this up. Um, yeah. Have you have you got time? Do you have? Would you like to have a you know, give some hot takes? Um, any any initial yeah. hot takes?
2: Yeah. So, look, obviously, it's still pretty fresh in my mind. I like to mull and test these things. Now. But the the battle tactics are very interesting. Um, I still think, like, as a core fundamental, my list works. As in, you can't score points if you're dead. And now I can shoot stupid little heroes (laughs) off too. So, you know. Yeah.
0: Do you think people Um, are going to, like, lean into it? Or do you think it's going to be more a, a thing that people will use? Some people might, but probably the more competitive types will just lean into the strengths of their own lists rather than sort of worry about well, this, about the new You still need to score
2: five battle tactics. Yeah, well, you still need to score five battle tactics, right? But the problem mm. is um, the good books got better, i.e. corn, mm. all that sort of stuff. Like, they've got their yeah, own yeah. good battle tactics. You don't even worry about the GHB, you just do what you do well, which is kill your opponent, and I mm. get battle tactics by killing you. Yeah, um, so in my mind, like every GHB that comes out that makes it like niche, as in, so now we're going into this wizards thing, and a lot of the battle tactics are wizards or kill wizards. Um, so if you fight an army without wizards, you've automatically lost some of those battle tactics, etc., etc., and if you mm. don't have your own good ones, you're already at a disadvantage,
3: mm.
2: so it kind of pushes, um, mm. the as I say, that your own um battle tones tactics if you've got good battle term tactics, you, you don't care anyway, you're just laughing. Yeah, that's kind yeah.
0: of like what I've been feeling for myself, just looking at the leaks today. Um, just going, well, you know, I've got some yeah. good ones in Soulblight that I can just lean into, which I've been doing anyway. So you, I might, I may, maybe I warm... might do one or two of them, but you know, rest did, you, wa- care about. did
1: you care about. Did you warm yourself in Goulburn with some nice leak and potato soup today, James? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, the the battle tactics are an interesting one. Like I, I don't. I think there's still actually a few decent ones that don't that every army will be able to get, and they'll just be your new turn one. This is what you do. Like the have units within six inches of three different board edges. Like I think that'll be a very easy turn one now, where people yeah, just put yep. two crappy units flanking plus a unit at the back. That'll be a cool. That one's done. There's like I'm looking at it at the moment for myself from an OBR lens. So I'm Oops. like retreat with two units and charge with two units sweet okay my whole yeah. army when it needs it Night can Horn, have retreat and charge so we'll
0: just do that like yeah you know, yeah without even trying
1: yeah and, um, and t-
0: intimidate the invaders that was like yeah that's another low-hanging fruit like
1: yeah so i still think the, there's mm-hmm. there's enough there that you'll be able to i think most books have got one or two that you can get and then there's three or four that you reckon you can get from from those um which is good. I don't want them to all be gimmies, um, but you are right in that the books that just have good book tactics are just like, well, we have good book tactics. Nothing's going to stop happen, us yeah. having good good book tactics. So um, you're just
0: going to have a bonus to your magic with the um the roll, yeah, the role or the unbinding.
1: Arrow. That's the thing. It and, is unbinding and, as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna it's, it's gonna ramp up this um this this uh, game within the game with the uh, the you know your your dice your extra dice for the magic.
2: No, uh, my, my hot takes are uh, obviously Zinch because they've already got dice manipulation and now they've got even more. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. roll, a, roll a six with your chicken, add your dice, you can't unbind it. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: Nagash. But, yeah, Nagash. Kroak. Unplayable. Croak's um, <laughs> already good. But I think the hidden one here, and Kieran's done this to me, is I think watch out for Skaven.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. The warp stones—they'll they'll
2: the... be the, they'll be the yeah. little hidden one you don't see, and they'll—they'll they'll smash
1: you. <laughs> yeah, they'll—they'll—they'll they'll, they'll definitely be some little skipper leaping gracies going for the four d six mortal wounds on yeah. a warp stone token for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just see that and... like the uh, the null stone adornments, like that pouch of null dust. That's I just had this good. image of—I had this image of you know the the dude who's doing the salt with his his hand up in the air, sprinkling the salt down. It's yeah. like the pouch of null dust guy.
1: Yeah. just ruining people's days salt salt bay spreading the salt for his opponents (laughs) the pouch
0: of salt dust (laughs) definitely
1: but um yeah no it's it's cool um i think there'll be a couple of like list archetypes that will come out Mm. of it um Mm. but otherwise like you said i don't necessarily think it will completely redefine everything i think the Mm. lists that do what they do will still do that um they'll just be like the silvereth lists i think will be very strong unless there's a fac on adding the primal dice into the Warsong song bomb um that will be an archetype that will just keep that will come out from it but um i think the scenarios are the big one because i actually like i don't think there's any bad like unplayable ones in all honesty um
2: not even the 12 inch you can't see me one mm. cuz it's all no. visibility so it it gets tricky like with with the mortal wound bombs and stuff too like i don't know I can see it being played, but I don't know about high-end competitive because it's kind of like we never played the one where you couldn't teleport or anything like that because it just hurt too many armies. But no one likes shooting.
1: I did play that one. I did play the you can't teleport. (laughs) I liked the I like the list that go you can't play a super skew list if there's a mission that it fails in. Mm. Like I can't because then if there was like it was back in the day when people were taking the GAV bomb. And that list was pretty dumb. It did one thing. It did the same thing every single time. It didn't care what its opponent did. It just did that. But you put that mission into a pack and they're like, oh, this doesn't work.
2: Yeah, yeah, And you're
1: like, cool, don't make such a one-dimensional list. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I know, I, yeah. But but the fact that that's potentially Games Workshop's way of balancing is, is interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, the other side of the but, coin, uh, yeah.
2: Whatever, mm. Whatever works, I guess.
1: I'm just excited to see,
0: like, because we've got a 12-month book again, um, there's going to be the initial sort of dogs out of the gate, and then we'll see the long game and see it develop over the next 12 months. Yeah. So there'll be some surprises that will, you know, or more, you know, unexpected combos or units or war scrolls which will rise over time as the true sort of winners, you know. So it's cool to have that extra time for that all to play out because I kind of feel like we're... Well, for me personally, anyway, just started to get into the current season. <laughs> it's like six months and now it's going to go away sort of thing. So it's good to have that 12-month stretch again, definitely.
2: Yeah, for me, um, obviously with the Worlds coming up, this is, this is the pack I'll be playing at Worlds. So yeah. um, I know what I'm in for. Like if it was changing in six months, um, it'd probably be mm-hmm. just about, like I'd be wondering if it was, it'd probably be the one still, but yeah. You know, we'll be well settled into this pack by mm. then. So I know what I'm up against potentially.
0: Well, that means like, if they're doing 12 monthly, you know, sort of a, a mid year cycle, that's better because that means going will be like mid season.
3: Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah. So, Won't the be the that thing is, well. you'll you'll have those four Harbinger books, which I reckon will be pretty choppy. Interesting. Like, yeah. in terms mm. of uh, they'll yeah, make fair. pretty significant updates. There'll be some updates, but, like we
0: did with the sort yeah. of the Broken Realms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: fair. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten about them because mm-hmm. I just always assume those battalions and things are trash. But yeah, there's
0: <laughs> <laughs> always hidden gold. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there'll be a,
1: there'll be there'll be rule changes. You'll have those battle scroll updates yeah. that will yeah. make yeah. new facts. They'll do points, points adjustments. Like, yeah.
0: yeah, it'll go back to what
2: it was, you know,
1: a couple of years ago. Whatever. Yeah, yeah.
2: points are what I'm mm-hmm. really waiting for for my slash I army mean, because I I expect to go up ten to twenty points. Is,
1: um, is that is that all? I might know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. if, uh,
2: if, if We're going off of those supposed leaks, uh nah. <laughs> but um <laughs> like depending on how much they go up, um depends what I do. But I've got things to drop, like the the little wizard I had now does nothing. Um so mm. I've instantly got a hundred and fifteen points on my list to spare. And mm. you know, my disdain for Bellicor is probably he'll be the first thing that's dropped and I'll just keep my okay. okay. Hmm. Well, I mean, as I said, at the end of the day, the opponent ever only had one hammer left anyway. So, okay, come kill a squad. Besides, I probably would have just killed it with Unleash Hell anyway.
1: Fair. I was just thinking, Hmm. like, I don't see them going up so much that, like, even if they go up a fair chunk, like Hmm. 66 in Bellacore, still pretty good, does the same kind of of thing. But you're right, you just drop bellicor and keep your 88 kind of yeah. thing. It's yeah,
2: there's no worse feeling than not rolling the three up on the one thing that mattered, which is either mm. the magic or the charge. Generally, I mean, tra- combat units are again a disadvantage because you know you've got move, charge, and fight. Whereas if you're fighting Tetlas or something, you're trying to freeze Tetlas, you've got one roll that matters.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm. it's actually you- kind of funny. If you fail the three, you, you almost want to fail the three up, so they charge you, you unleash hell, and then they can't fight you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, correct. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you, um, from, from this distance uh, to worlds in November, um, have you got any sort of initial plans or thoughts on what kind of army you might take or list? Are you gonna carry on with um the bliss barb angle or right. are you gonna totally reinvent everything and just see how you, like see how the G H B goes to make the decisions yeah. and
2: keep Sorry. tweaking? I'll be the I'll be brutally honest with you. I'm going to take the cheesiest thing I can come up with that I own okay. or that I can yeah yeah basically <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be competitive like everyone I'm... else who's going yeah yeah I'm you know like... the cheesiest thing I can come up with. Yeah yeah.
1: No that's good. I was going to say are you going to be are you going to try and write the best thing you can with what you have now or are you going to go You're gonna build this is like something. this right. out of every army I think this is the best thing. I'm going to push myself to build it and try and take the best thing of an open slate of 26 odd armies.
2: I I don't have the um, financial capacity to um, do much else, but I've got between me and, and, and Jake, we've got a lot of armies and a lot of things. So there's very few things we don't have, but you watch it be one of those. That's the best at the time.
1: Look, I reckon (laughs) also like, people would love to see an Aussie win it. So if there's an army out there, I'm sure there'd be someone in the community that has the army that would uh, lend it to you. I'm sure there's enough models
0: um, in Australia to make (laughs) it happen.
2: Yeah. When I I went to Masters, I had one of my crutchy teammates go, do you want to borrow my gits? (laughs) No. (laughs) That was back when, but uh, they got nerfed by then anyway. So I think the nerf was in. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah it's and that's again part of the community, right? It's just such a great community. I agree with that,
1: mm. yeah all right, Enough. awesome. I reckon um do you have any kind of final final thoughts, anything else you kind of wanted to to touch on slaughter, worlds, anything in general, any anyone, anyone uh, you want to shout out?
2: uh not not really apart from you guys, and I'll be there next year basically.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> So, because, I mean, uh, yeah, it was... To have you, man.
2: Mm, it's fantastic. Um, and uh, depending, like, what I'm doing, maybe I won't be so brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. but Brilliant. No, uh, thanks very much, guys. Um, as I said, like, it was, um, I think, definitely up there with one of the best tournaments I've ever been to. Like, it was just, it was something else. Like, yeah, the, I think the extra hobby, the... The extra care into making sure everyone had a good game. Like yeah, top notch.
1: Awesome. That's that's yeah, great to Thanks hear man. You. So yeah, thank you. And yeah, thanks for coming. We're we're glad to have you. Um and yeah, we we look forward to having you next year and see if you can uh, defend your title.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. We'll see. All right. Well um I think we'll take go to a very quick break there, but um Terry, it's been A pleasure having you on the show and um, we'll talk to you very soon.
1: From the break, um James and I thought we'd just have a bit of a chat between ourselves now. Um mortally wounded after dark. I've got myself some wine and some cheesecake. And yeah. we thought I'm we'd about just... uh you know,
0: at least a quarter of the way through, maybe a third, uh, maybe two-thirds, I don't know, a way through for a, a bottle of whiskey. So <laughs> um <laughs> It's Friday night. It's been a long week.
1: All right. Oh, my God. No, anyway. That's fair. Yeah. We thought we'd just have a little chat um, and just cover off a few kind of things that we both wanted to chat to, ask each other how we went, um, and yeah, just that stuff that we didn't kind of mention when, when Terry was on the show. So, James, how, hmm. did, how did you think Slaughter went? How did we do?
0: Look, like this year was... Like we kind of realised we needed to start getting organised about February, which is when we normally kind of go, oh, the zing comes in. We need to kind of get moving, get organising. Um, but I think this year, because I guess it's our sixth slaughter, seven if you're um, counting COVID, but we're kind of just at that point now where things are just kind of set up. So we just need to just basically just organise, just organise, everything else around it. Like we've got the venue, we've got the terrain. Um, you know, we decided this year to just to go with uh, the GHB instead of um, sort of putting a, a different spin on it, like, which we have in previous years. Yeah. Um, so this is like the first van- sort of vanilla AOS year. Cause I think there's just enough for people to deal with already being the six monthly cycle, etc. cetera. Um, but I think, you especially chris like uh having that connection with the oceanic circuit um, hooking into that and getting slaughter sort of on the um a qualifier list for events for the the golden ticket and the warhammer world event in atlanta in november was like such a huge deal like when you told me about that i was just like over the moon i thought this is incredible like this is really going to lift the profile of slaughter this year, like from a TO's perspective, it's it's kind of like the wet dream, of a, like a <laughs> a Tio for a TO's perspective, it's kind of like yeah, this is something we we've finally kind of got to a point where we kind of hook into something that's bigger than ourselves and what we've made it like off our own backs. Like we're kind of to kind of get into something that's a bit bigger and. Um, yeah, like not yeah,
1: to, like, like yeah. I don't want to. I'm definitely not at all. And like, I put this in the pack. Like, it's not to diminish any of the other tos, etc. In the community, there's a load of amazing events in the scene, and they keep growing. But also, Slaughter is, I think, the longest running AOS event in Australia. Like, we've been doing it. We were very, very early on in the scene. We built it up from 16 people in the first year. We've kept going. We've done it six times now, and it was nice to kind of go, like, if there are supposed to be events from a country that feed into this that are supposed to kind of be flag holder events, I was kind of like, I feel like Slaughter should be in that space. And obviously Mm. the application from, from GW was like, there were requirements about how many years have you been running? How many kind of players do you have? Um, and we're not like, we're not as big as Sydney GT. We're not as, we're not the biggest event either. So it wasn't just about that, but it's also, yeah, like, what do you, what's your kind of unique thing about your event? What do you push? Is it, a, is it a hobby event? Is it gaming, etc.? And obviously I put that application in and was lucky enough that, yeah, kind of GW reached out and we got it, agreed that, in that first round of initial announcements of qualifier events slaughter kind of got approved on there along with Sydney GT Magro's events. So it was great to see two, two that they are the two kind of Sydney events, I guess that have been going like yeah. Um, yeah, coach coach definitely. has been doing Sydney GT for a good few years as well now. Um, and as I say, yeah. like on a number of players as well, it um, Sydney GT definitely eclipses um, what, what we offer at slaughter. Um, but, that 72-player cap still makes it a, a pretty big, decent, solid event. Um, still one of the bigger ones in the country. And it wasn't just about numbers now. And that's something that if you asked me in the first few years, absolutely, I would have been like, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to make it the biggest event kind of thing. CanCon came along and I was like, oh, no, I've got no designs. on trying to be anywhere near as big as CanCon. That is way too much work, way more than I want to take on. <laughs> I'd still, I'd still like to grow, but yeah. I, I got comfortable with that kind of 64, 70 player number, especially once we found Padstow and we're happy with, with our venue. Um, I'm I'm more than happy that 72 is our, is our cap. And from there, it's been nice because it's like you say, this year was like, we, we, all that stuff that is a huge thing for anyone trying to start their first tournament is having the tables, having the venue, all that kind of stuff is a huge part of running a tournament. But when, yeah, we're six years in now and having all that stuff pretty easy, that's the stuff that's done. That's organized. There's not really much thought and effort required there. Just let us really go. Okay. Let's try and think this is the players. Mm -hmm. This is the players. This is the space. How do we make a better event? In, yep. in here how do we just make this event better yeah. rather than just bigger um, yeah
0: yeah like we were like kind of at the point where we can yeah we've got that stuff squared away so we can think about the extra stuff that we can do now um and that take, can take up more of our brain space because the hmm. other stuff's taken care of was when you are sort of like in your earlier stages like your biggest concerns are am i going to have enough fucking terrain to do this you know like mats board, oh yeah you know like table toppers, like stuff like that that that's what consumes your your organization and your your resources yeah um, we've kind of over that hump now and mm. it's kind of like you no know, let's let's finesse this let's give it let's get that jeunesse quoi you know <laughs> into the event <laughs> um, yeah so like I think it was a good move to um, focus fire sponsorship this year. Yeah. Um in previous years we'd been, you know, strong on spreading the love amongst uh, many sponsors, the many. Um, but I think we've this year we decided to go focus fire on Emerald Hobbies as our main um our main sponsor. And obviously we've got sponsorship from G Dub um with the, the trophies and the oceanic circuit connection. Um yeah. but um our main our main sponsor is and you know was um uh, emerald homies so yeah, we were able to like, like for, we able from
1: to, a, like a price support perspective from the
0: private price supports perspective so we we're able to get like one of what each one of each uh, vanguard box um and start collectings for those factions that don't have a vanguard box we had some smaller stuff as well and we had a smattering of like um war cry uh, stuff from GW with that sort of rolled into the forge world trophies and that sort of support as well which was awesome like so we had a great selection of prizes I was really pr- proud of our surprise support this year um yeah. and then that rolled into the uh the raffle prize which also supported by emerald um and then we had Polly Jackson uh, with the skateboard and the art pieces and then we had um, Trav came on board. Travis from from Herald's came on board with um, some three D three D printed uh, train uh, to throw into the prizes and um, what else is there for the raffle? So that, that were the raffle prizes. Um, and then we you know we we went down and we expanded out the trophies as well. So like best in faction trophies this year, which we hadn't done before. Like we'd done best in alliances and yeah um, and. You know, as, as, I had as, the one
1: year, two years ago, um, where I got pro-painted on board, where I got a set of all the faction tokens. Yeah, um, yeah, for, that's right. For each of the Grand mm. Alliances. So I'd kind of done faction awards mm. previously one year. Um, but yeah, no, mm. this was the the year. Like I had the idea in mind. I'd wanted to do it previously, but obviously price mm. support, pool, et cetera, had been had been lower. And that was a big thing in like obviously like we we made the decision um ahead of the world champs announcement um that we were going to put up the ticket price this year um costs like everyone everyone knows costs have gone up in general but we also had had the chat and and kind of already said look we i personally think 60 bucks 70 bucks is fuck all for a whole weekend of entertainment and fun and the amount of work that people put into it for attend for events that i attend myself and i was like honestly 20 bucks 25 difference makes a huge impact to what you could actually offer players yeah. if if it's like your venue is a fixed cost like your trophies that you're going to do in terms of first second third all that your general things they're all fixed costs so yeah. if you just up how much money you get from each player it just gives you more money to go directly into price support and extra stuff that you can do and i was like we want to just put on a better event for people and i'm not spending money on finding a bigger venue or, or anything like that it's like okay we're, we're good we're now going to just me. invest all of this it's not about trying to make money from it it's just invest more to just give people an even better weekend and every single person was like Tarek said like probably the best price prize tables i've personally seen at an event it's definitely
0: the best we've done for us it's a personal best for us this year
1: yeah absolutely um but i did have a lot of people say this is the Mm -hmm. best price support like i've i've ever seen and that was basically the mission of yeah this is this is what you get if you pay more for an event it's not me going on holiday it's you just getting more cool stuff back (laughs) and, and, and unique and unique stuff so I very much like that was one thing I had a big thing on my back that I put there myself that I wanted to make sure was seen and came across. And everyone realized that when I said, hey, I'm charging $100 for this ticket now, it's not 75, but just trust me like it was really rewarding for everyone to be like, nah, this is amazing. I don't give a shit. Take my $25. Like, this is awesome. So
0: look, let's just say yeah. that we didn't have problems selling them. We didn't have
1: problems selling them as well. Um, but, but it was it was still nice to <laughs> to have the validation. I guess it's like, yeah. I'm not saying it to like nosh myself off. I'm saying it so that if other TOs are on the fence out there and they're concerned about will this impact my event if I charge more for a ticket, I, absolutely, I don't think it will. I, yeah. Every piece of feedback I got was, "Nah, if this was the choice, I would always happily pay another twenty dollars." Did not have yeah. a single person go, "Oh, it was a bit pricey, I, I don't know if I see the benefit here," kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah,
0: um, but yeah, yeah. From that, like, and how, like, how did we do? Like, yeah, the, there's those those aspects. There's the build up. Um, I think it was great to have. Like, we had a lot more help this year. Yeah, and then absolutely, previous set years. Up, setting up and, um, and Dan
1: yeah. walking around, yeah.
0: Yeah, like we had, you know, for our setups and everything, we had um, Crutch Hammer guys came down because um, we wanted to expand out the event. So they brought down, I think it was four tables yep. to help us um, fill out to the 72. Um, so huge shout out to Crutch Hammer. So um, personally, want to thank Jared Alana, Keith, Blake, Luke, and Josh as well, um, the orange juicer, <laughs> um, the man himself. Uh, but yeah, they they came up the day before and um, and helped us set everything up. It, it just having those extra hands was um, was phenomenal. Like because in in years past we'd had we'd had people helping us before. Like Liam's always been a stalwart um, helping us set up, and we've had Brant in years past and. Um, you know Dan of course and and others but um this year was just great we had that extra hand um, Bruno came down as well so especially like I know he wasn't playing for the weekend out of the co- other commitments and things um, family work etc um, but he went out of his way to come and make sure he helped us set up on the Friday and also came on the Sunday to help us um, pack down um, so yeah we just there was just a lot more of that um, this year so I guess it was just yeah. good to have it a, was at a massive that point. Help. Yeah. Yeah. It, because... Just to have at that point now where people are, are willing to, to 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 take time out of their days to come down and, and help. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Well it was the the two things like Crutch Hammer, as you mentioned, they gave us the four tables so that we could expand hmm. um from, from the sixty-four to the seventy-two. Um <clears throat> that was definitely the right call. Seeing the space, there was a bit of umming and ahhing. We actually ended up putting 35 tables in the room not 36 because we knew we'd had a drop um that we weren't going to replace so in all honesty that was probably good because that fitting those four tables like it it was by no means cramped but there was a little bit of oh do we turn the table this way do we turn it this way just to get the floor configured um Mm. but that that is absolutely the right number we will never go above that um i won't compromise i won't compromise on the space so it was good to see that and be like yep 72 is the right number but we at that obviously kind of we would have needed to get more tables and do all that so it was awesome that they brought those um and then yeah as you said just having (coughs) 10 people that once we kind of gave direction and i got the i got the mats out and and the tubs of terrain from the back and kind of said right tables are set up here they are this is how we set the tables and the board toppers up then it let those people just set up the tables for the most part which let me and you do the thing that we hadn't done before which was set up the room at the back for the planning competition and then Mm. me set up the prize tables and and everything at the front yeah um which was great because it it let us kind of go these are the the non-standard things where you can't just let people that have come to tournaments kind of know what they're doing and off they go um so it meant that it meant that most of the hall got set up not by me and you um and we could focus it was, on on the new stuff so it was a yeah, massive help yeah.
0: like because we'd got there a bit later than i think we first an- anticipated but um sean sean Ratcl- radcliffe is uh, radcliffe had got there yeah a bit earlier in the day and he'd already gotten all the chairs out of the way and he was yeah. sweating he was sweating it like when he came and saw us like he was phenomenal and he'd actually. um like we had all the price support delivered to his place because he's not too far away. Um, so, Sean, if you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank you so much yeah, for yeah. Um, helping us. You're And you're one of the originals as well, um, Sean. Like you were – I think you organized the first – one of the very first Age of Sigmar events in Sydney um, at the Warhammer store. I remember there was that little round-robin tour- tournament we did. And yep. that, I think, Chris, you and I, like that was like one of the places we yep. first met and like probably our first – Age of Sigmar event together, you know, like um, you know, so Sean was there from the beginning and and helped um helped sort of kick start the Sydney Stein, really. Um, so he's uh, you know, a huge yeah, shout out. Well, he missed and...
1: he missed out last year. So it was great that he got to come this year and yeah and yeah. play as well. So um yeah. yeah, thanks thanks for obviously the help in to set up, but also yeah, letting us deliver the prizes and stuff to you with that's the one thing where with neither James or I living in Sydney anymore. Mm. Yeah. The, ter- yeah, the most of the terrain and the tables are at the venue, but the price support and things like that, that we do have to get shipped in every year, being able to just have that sent to someone down the road and have them bring that to the venue for us was yeah. massive because your then, car and, was full yeah. anyway.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I had on my, I had on my train and everything, but yeah. So yeah. Huge shout out, and also to um, Wilson, Chris Wilson, or Wilson, uh, coming up and and helping with all that and that piece as well. Just you know, absolute legend, top bloke, good man to drink with. All the laughs, <laughs>, <laughs> just um, yeah, he's he's good people. That man. So um, yeah, thank you, and thank you to all who helped us set up. Um, but, yeah, I'm getting all emotional. Um, so maybe we should <laughs> That's move the two on.
1: That's of a bottle of whiskey, James. Oh, God.
3: Oh.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so next, maybe we should just keep going down the thanks line. So let's go through um, Dan. Dan Brewer, thank you. Always, yep. mate. Um, the bridesmaid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the legendary Dan Brewer. People, everyone knows Dan um, and He's a fantastic TO, and he's um, been a a real rock for us um, over that weekend, over the weekend, uh, walking the floor. He knows everybody; everyone knows him. Um, he's uh, great with um, dealing with those more sort of tricky, diff- difficult situations. He doesn't mince around, um, and he's a joy to you know to be around and uh, top bloke. And yeah. thank you, Dan, for and, helping and us. Thank-
1: Thanks yeah. for going to your house and getting your laptop for me to use when mine chat itself on the second day as well. So <laughs> I, yeah. that would have been a big, big stress if, um, yeah, if I hadn't had that, la- that laptop. So um, yeah, no, that was, that was a massive help as well. And yeah, like he, there were actually like quite a lot of, just little questions, and most of it wasn't like rulings that needed to be made or whatever. It was more just like if the players looked it up, they'd find it. But it was just easy. If there's a to walking around for people to ask and go, "Hey, what about this?" and and Dan's knowledgeable, so he could, yeah, he could give them the answers. Well, yeah, you were in the painting room. I was mm-hmm. trying to sort out x, y, and z um, with pairings or, or whatever it might have been. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, thanks, Dan. Um, yeah, Dan, big help. So yeah.
0: Um, and then, so for the the judging of the um, water blade competition, Stonebeard Gym, Jim, um, thanks for coming in, mate. If, you, if you're listening um, and teaching us the ways, like I felt like a padawan listening to it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, definitely was am a padawan uh, when it comes to um, display painting and um, giving those insights, increasing my vocabulary uh, in that area to become a better paint judge in the future, and also um, to help me, you know, pr- improve my own, um, painting skills. So, um, actually bought one of Trav's busts, like, so Trav, uh, not only to bring extra price support, Trav also brought, um, a whole bunch of busts that he'd printed off and sold, you know, for like 10 bucks each. So sort I of think to try and sort of hook in the, the army painters and sort of bridge that gap between, um, display painting world and army painter world. So I've got one of those busts as well so um but yeah like i'm really excited about the the mortal blade side Mm. of things the penny comp i think there's some there's some great things down the track there so um we're ready for next year and i'm excited so
1: yeah um, it's it's gonna be cool for sure um yeah and yeah like it was funny in the lead up to the event obviously like trav was messaging me quite a lot like showing me all these busts he's been printing off and going through files and i was like because i had been Gowering the internet, like going through my I spent hours and hours and hours on like my mini factory and various Patreons <laughs> going going through all their like busts to try and find appropriate busts for every faction in in Age of Sigmar to then get them and print them and make the make the best in faction trophies. And so like seeing all these busts that travels there was a couple that I was like, oh actually. I need that. I need that one for the Seraphon. Can you send me that one? <laughs> Just like, and then there was a couple there, and then I was like, "Oh, actually, I don't have a beastman." And there was like, "Actually, no, never mind. I found a really good beastman one. Don't worry." And then I kind of said to him, "Hey, look. If I have any, if you see any busts on the table you like, I will send you the files for those because you you sent me some." So um, I had seen his shelves of, of busts. So I think it was a really cool thing. Like you say, he obviously doesn't have a commercial license to it's not like he was printing loads of the bus to sell them. He just sold them for $10 to, them. to cover yeah. the, to cover the resin cost, basically. Um, yeah, but it was yeah. a really great idea to kind of give people that make it easy entry. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to go through the investment of buying a 3d printer and getting all into that, but um, they, they might want to bust and they want to give it a crack. So that was great that he, um, he did that as well. And I think he, I think he pretty much sold all of them. So he did, he sold, sold everything. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, they're all gone. I've got one of them, so I've got the I like a pirate guy anyway. That'll so be you, my. Are you going to enter adventure. next year, James? I guess. Can I it's enter in, my it's in, own? It's
1: independently judged, I have no issue with it.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe I should give it a crack. I've got a year to do something, so yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll have to. I want details I out i won't <laughs> just
1: because I, I feel like, like i bring can't bring because it's down <laughs> no <laughs> um, no and also remember like a lot of the conversation we had um with Jim and, and plans for next year is probably about making it less of a competition and yeah. more of more of a i don't know what the word is but like a collaborative a, a collaborative like a standard well, yeah. so rather mm-hmm. than this is the best model. There's one model and they're all competing against each other. So people are maybe a bit secretive about what categories they're entering and what they're painting kind of thing, because there's only going to be one winner of a trophy actually Mm -hmm. trying to go, okay, we're going to have gold standard, silver standard, bronze standard, whatever it is. And if there's three entries that all get put in and they're all worthy of gold, then there's three golds. So Yep. there's no, I, I don't see any problem with you entering personally. And honestly, like, I don't think anyone would have an issue with you entering either. Like we're not judging it. So.
3: Well, yeah, I
0: was talking to, um to Sean actually, like, um, cause he came in and entered and Sean Benson, shout out, shout out to my bro, <laughs> legend, legendary um painter. And he, he, he brought some awesome entries, but he was saying like, did you bring in your own stuff to, to put on the tables to kind of help fill it out or whatever? And, I was like, no, I didn't even think of it. You know, I just kind of feel because it's something I'm doing, I'm running, like I I can't enter it, sort of thing. It's like run your own, like enter your own competition kind of thing. It's just yeah, it's not I'm not quite there yet with um able to accept that I can do it. But yeah, I think you
1: can you can definitely enter. I don't think anyone has qualms at entering. There's it's more like the if you run a tournament and you win your own tournament, that's when people kind of raise eyebrows. But like a, a painting competition as well, that's not about as long as I guess, as long as I'm not standard. judging, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, well, there yeah. was
0: actually there was a little like a situation at um was border war last year. That's um, right. I was one of the judges for the you know the 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 hobby prizes there, and as soon as my one of my models was um, up for uh, discussion, I I just had to back out of the the judging seat and walked away. So, but um, but anyway, yeah, um. I think we should get um, Stonebeard Jim on for an episode and where we can just talk competition. I think there's a whole episode um, to talk like about all this sort of stuff. So um, we should definitely, definitely get Stonebeard Jim on. Um, maybe some of the, the guys uh, who were some of the duel winners from uh, Mortal Blade, maybe that we should do some um, like a focus on some episodes down the track because uh, honestly we could – I could talk for hours about this sort of stuff. So, um,
3: but
1: yeah. Yeah. No, um, it'd, be, it'd be good. Um, yeah. If there's people that want to do like hobby, hobby chats and episodes and like Tom, Tom's definitely someone, I think it would be great to get on because yeah, he's obviously a phenomenal painter, but he's also very, very strong in the gaming. Um, yeah, he's, gaming is that world. The triple, I think he came, he came, sort of sixth, mm. I think off the top of my head, he came sixth over the weekend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, um, he'd, he'd be someone that I, I think it would be great to get on and talk to him as well. So
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, I yeah, I'd love to do some some episodes for the painting stuff. Um, <clears throat> always, Pads to RSL, shout-out to you guys, Gracie, Joe, Tammy and the staff, Steve from the restaurant who actually um, approached us with a um, $50 voucher cash prize which we decided to allocate to Best Sports. Yep. Um, so, as always, Pats RSL, huge support. You guys are fantastic. Love you guys. Um, which also then leads on to thanking Company of Dice um, for their the connection we've had there, because that, that was our club when we lived in Sydney. Um yep. That's where we kind of first started into that club sort of scene, was with Company of Dice and they've been, you know, they were at uh, South Goodyear Bowls when we first sort of joined and ended up um, at Padstow RSL and it was through that connection with, with um, Byron and, um, and the guys there. So, um, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand, Padstow and Company of Dice together. Um, thank you. Um, we've mentioned Polly Jackson with, um the skateboard deck and the beautiful artworks with the what the bin chicken and I'm the I'm the problem <laughs> like the Marathi um, Taylor Swift combo.
1: <laughs> not Taylor Swift. No, I'm not being sued. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh <clears throat> yeah, that I'm the problem one. <laughs> um, but there's yeah, and shares no
1: likeness to any person's fictional or real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Murathi, Okay. Oh, wait. No, we can't say that either. It's a uh, Moorath Tai. It's Tay-Rathi.
1: It's Tay-Rathi. There you no, go. Yeah. That's, oh, shit. No, that's another person's. Um, there's no copyright infringement there. It's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, those those artworks, I'm, yeah. Okay. I came up with the concepts for them, but Paulie absolutely nailed, nailed the yeah. design brief. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, <laughs> um, anyone wants to find him, it's Jacko's j-a-c-k-o-s underscore designs d-e-s-i-g-n-z um on instagram um -hmm. he is a he's a he's up here in brisbane um he's a tattoo artist um as well as an artist so um yeah if you if you saw those you saw the deck he did he does a lot of those custom skate decks um and yeah he did he did the custom artwork for me um and as i say he's he's a tattoo artist as well so um
3: Mm, if you like his tattoo, stuff
1: so if you like his stuff yeah get a tattoo pretty sure scott um is mm-hmm. gonna get that uh I'm, it is taylor swift marathi gonna get that um tattoo um on his body i think so <laughs> that would be great um, um
0: and if you are interested in buying stuff that has his designs on it um head over to the woolly wounded page on facebook uh, we have a post on there which is like a big thank you post, which is like it's from the 17th of June. So scroll down, check it out. Um, there's a link on there to his Redbubble page um, where you can access and see a whole bunch of his merch with his designs on it. Get in there, people. Yeah.
1: And um, we don't have them yet, but we are also going to get some t-shirts maybe some hoodies water bottles etc um we're gonna get some merch made up with um with those condoms. three with those three custom <laughs> did you just say condoms <laughs> <laughs> marathi.
0: yeah marathi cool. condoms little marathi big marathi <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear someone gets pregnant oh i'm the problem it was me <laughs> 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 oh, too funny. Um, but yeah, we're gonna mm. get um we're gonna get some merch, not condoms, but we're gonna get some merch made up um at some point, which we will sell on the website. Um so we'll do a post when those are available. But um if anyone kind of looks at those designs and and, and wants them, <laughs> we will have t shirts and, and stuff with them on and I'll definitely get some um some done. We'll have we'll have them for sale at Slaughter next year for sure. Um mm. Because yeah, the the artwork's awesome, and um, yeah, we were always intending on using it for a bit more. Um, but it was great to just be able to get it printed, get it framed, and have extra prizes in for the raffle and stuff. Because that you've you've like the time and the effort and everything is getting the the artwork done. So actually printing it on nice paper, putting it in a frame, like that was something that just really cost-effective but awesome prize like people were like oh this is wicked and it's a thing that you've you've got now that you can keep um which was which is cool again you don't see a lot of it in the scene but i think it was awesome we've got some incredibly talented artists in in the warhammer space um yeah and it was and it was great to be able to use that as a, a vehicle to to shine a light on um on paulie um jackson Absolutely, um, he, he, he donates a lot of those decks and stuff to events in Queensland and everything. So, so um, um Runex, yeah.
0: when I first saw Paulie's stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Gabe, Gabe definitely
0: hooked in there, uh, with Paulie. And I think there was some decks at Runex last year. So yeah, good to carry that flag on and, um. Uh, moving down, so we've got um, Golden Ticket Design and Creation was by my beautiful Another wife, very talented artist. Another very talented artist. So, again, in that same post, um, uh, there's some links there for, to Sammy's website. And, um, yeah, beautiful pattern designer, artist, you name it, she does it. Um, she designed our gold ticket for us. Um, and, actually, the. Yeah, if you check out the photos on, on our page, you'll see Terry holding the golden ticket. Um, that is actually gold leaf um, on that. So gold leaf, front and back, um, designed personally by Sammy Sparrow. So, yeah, very special. So thank you, my love. Um, I know you probably will never listen to this. Um, <laughs> but I... <laughs> we love you, Sammy. But we love you. <laughs> I love you. Um, anyway... Uh, moving on Travis we've already mentioned you a few times already with your additional surprise surprise support surprise, surprise it was support. surprise
1: it was surprise yeah, yeah.
0: cuz i wasn't expecting it and then all of a sudden we've got this whole other like awesome 3d printed like arena chaos arena fortress thing
1: I think it's called um, the fighting pits or something like the that it's, fighting it's, from, it's from dark fantastic mills um yeah yeah, yeah. trav printed the whole thing so it's like an eight section circular arena with a a tower in the middle with sluice mm. gates that you can actually pull out and everything um yeah and it was so cool. it was really good quality um as well so um it would not have been fast to print and um yeah it's awesome like a perfect piece of terrain for like a war cry board or something <clears throat> like that, which was great because we had loads of warcry cry support um, from, from GW um, in their prize support um lots of yeah. rule books and boxes of stuff. So um that was, that was great. So yeah. Thank- Trav. Trav's one of those guys in our community who um,
0: he's very, very quietly is, is a quiet, he's like the quiet achiever <laughs> of the community. Like he's um, especially coupled with Clint in uh, the Heralds, like he, for those of you who have been to CanCon, like, all those tabletoppers, that's all Travis. Yeah. Um, terrain for CanCon, a very high percentage of that was Travis. Like, um, this is a guy that will just work quietly behind the scenes um, and sort of disappear into the sunset at the end of <laughs> of the action. You know, like, he's just, he'll get on his horse Tip his hat and just right off into the sunset. So yeah. He's he's one of those sort of sort of guys. He's a hobby hero. Um so huge shout out yeah. to you, Travis, and lots of love to you, mate. Thank you. Yeah.
1: And um obviously, yeah, in terms of hobbyists, like he he won Best Painted this year. Um he's won best yeah. painted he's won best painted at Slaughter as well, I think four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um when he's the same his- army. No, no, no. When he did his Slaves to Darkness. Oh, I know oh, that's the Slaves to um, Darkness slash. Yeah,
0: it was like all the conversions with the um, Stormcast and yeah, like you know, like Chaos Stormcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, on yeah. like the ice, the icy basing and stuff, and that was an amazing art. Yeah. Um, yeah, So he's he's won. Yeah, he's won best painted at Slaughter twice now. Um, he obviously entered the the Mortal Blade this year with um with a bust. Um, which he, I know he said he hasn't painted before, so he wanted to challenge himself and um. The other thing I don't know if you know, but his bust, obviously the the female kind of privateer um, pirate. pirate. I don't know if you noticed the wood, the wood plinth that it was on the round, um, the rounded wooden like cl- columnar um, plinth mm-hmm. that was hand milled and polished and everything by Trav as well. Oh
0: wow! I wow, didn't know
1: that. Because yeah, he does. He's into he's big into woodworking as well. i um, I believe he made. Because he's like really good mates with Adam Burt, and I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that Adam Burt's his pre- his wedding gift to Adam Burt was a handcrafted dining table or something. Oh wow! So Travs big into his woodwork, so yeah, um, that was it's, another um, thing he did.
0: Who's Adam Burt? Is he the guy? Did he? Win oh, Kank he won
1: CanCon or... one time or something. He's a bit of a has been, I think. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, he'll listen
1: to this now. So no,
0: um, I'm sure Trav and... will tell him though. It'll strike his yeah. ego a little bit. As for you, Adam. <laughs> Adam, oh God, we love you, mate. Come back, come back to us. Forget about that little superhero game. Anyway,
1: I thought you were uh, going to say that uh, that second child he just had.
0: <laughs> oh God, no! Don't, oh, you forget you. <laughs> about that little child. That <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, bad. like also, how can we forget? Um, shout out to Clint for um, he. Not only for being the god, you know, what we, what I would say is the godfather of Age of Sigma scene, um, but also he helped us with our website. <laughs> Cause, you know, it's he good did. to have, ticket, it's good to have sales. Yeah. <clears throat> it's good to have a friend who, you know, happens to work also in IT. So, and uh, website design and support. So, Clint, thank you for um, helping us uh, not fuck up our, <laughs> um, <laughs> our ticket sales um through the website um i think the only glitch was there was a bit of a a funny refreshing thing going on with our mobile site but you know can't win them all but i don't blame you for that clint let's just be clear on that <laughs> um yeah but no thank you for your help and um, testing sales and,
1: and oh setting like, setting it all up because i, I, and he, hoping, basically I, I did, he basically did he I basically like, I, I need help please set that
0: up for me Clint unfucked our website basically. Because yes, we, it had was. been fucked for like a good, fucked for a while, yeah. For a good twelve months probably. <laughs> Couldn't even log into it. Anyway. Um, so thank you for sorting <laughs> that shit out for us. <laughs> oh god. Um people T-I. who like the challenge coins, uh, challenge oh, yeah. coins that we make for the event, uh, tiesandcuffs.com.au. au t i e t i e s n Cuffs. .com.ie so go on there if you want to get cool stuff made for you and your event and your your things get some challenge coins made go to them cuz good price they make good stuff um yep. one thing which we haven't really touted on about too much until now um is we actually had um in the in the lead up to to slaughter uh, we were approached by the D3 guys um jordan um, oh, yeah. just to kind of warm the bell uh with us that we might get contacted by uh a filmmaker warm um the so bell. yeah
1: i don't think i've heard that expression before
0: so warm which, the bell which, is which uh... bell
1: is which bell is being warmed here what's <laughs> the manner of the warming
0: <laughs> so warm warm the bell is a uh is a naval expression ah, okay um, and so what it means is to kind of like, uh, worn out or to kind of like, uh, warm There's lots of,
1: it's fine. There's lots of semen involved. I understand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's to kind of, it means like, <laughs> I mean, so like Jordan's like reached out to us and said, Hey guys, I've got a friend who's, uh, into filmmaking he's a legend he's probably going to reach out to you guys and ask you and blah 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 blah. blah and this is what's happening so that's like he's warming us up ready to receive the the, the thing that is coming so yeah jordan, yeah uh,
1: jordan is a man that would warm my bell yeah yeah
0: <laughs> 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 so sure enough we are yeah very uh, a very astute and uh good-looking man named joel Prattley. Uh, reached out to us and um, the guy was a consummate professional, had it all down pat, came in with his camera. He captured everything from start to finish. And I yeah. can't wait. I cannot wait to see this documentary. Like this is like, this guy is like, he has gone through and followed some of the D3 guys from start to finish through their experience with Slaughter. He's interviewed us. He's got shots of all the stuff going on in the painting competition and, He's been walking around like people who are at slaughter would have seen, seen him walking around, um, filming everything, asking questions, setting up shots. Um, yeah. Amazing. Super patient, creative dude. Um, like he, I, 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 this is, I think this is going to be something that's going to like at everything. If there's, if slaughter ends that like we could go for another 10 years, um, joel's um documentary will last you know for hundreds of years basically so you know (laughs) um so this is this is exciting he he was yeah he
1: was he was filming for the entire weekend um like not just like sporadically through the games like the entire Mm -hmm. open to close through the evening both days like the d3 crew wrap up on the sunday night like he got interviews with staff at the rsl like it's he said like look it's probably going to take me months to edit this um but yeah like you say i think it's going to be awesome and i can't wait to see it and i think yeah yeah, like you said like it will hopefully be this really high production like he's a professional like photographer and film filmmaker right like it's Oh, I'm so excited to see it and have this piece of content for not just slaughter, but like something that can something be shown, to... can be shown to people like across the world is like, Oh, you this know, when what I talk about hmm. like, Oh, hi, Nan, you know, when I talk about my nerdy miniatures and I go away for weekends and I play tournaments, this <laughs> is like, this, this is, is it. About. Like, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um. So yeah, no, he it's legit. He did a phenomenal job. Like, yeah. And I like, yeah, completely agree. I can't wait to see that documentary. So
0: yeah. It's going to be exciting because it's, it, it's, yeah, it's going to be a voice for our scene and vo- a yeah. voice for what we do. That'll go out there that we, it'll be something for posterity that we can look back on. Um, and well, beyond that, there's, it's, yeah, um, this is, I think, you know, very exciting um, yeah thing for the future. So um, thank you, Joel, for coming down and um, taking an interest. And I know you're one of the D3 guys um, already and it's just i am very happy about it so anyway it'll be awesome
1: and yeah yeah, we've already said obviously like it'll be something we will like host on our website etc so people will be able to check it out there and and um yeah honestly massive thanks to joel and it's gonna be a huge amount of work to go through all those hours of footage and stuff but um yeah yeah, i can't wait to see what it so
0: it's our first English speaking documentary last
1: year. We had a Chinese one. Yeah. um, Yeah. We had a crew recording stuff last year for, for one of the players um, for their kind of local Chinese audience Mm. and stuff. So padstow were great. They, they've got no problem with us filming and everything, but yeah, Joel was, this was like next level. He was, he was, He wasn't just following a person around. He was filming the whole of everything. He he was amazing with us. Like he came ahead of time on the Friday, spoke to us, got an interview with us, like during setup, asking Mm. us like what we were nervous about, like lead up to, and then yeah, the whole, the whole thing. Um, And yeah, he like, he's not getting paid for this. Like this was entirely volunteered on his weekend and he was there the entire time. So, and carrying that camera around, um, so yeah no thank you joel and uh, yeah i can't wait to see it
0: yeah i'm <laughs> yeah um okay so um, matt,
1: I matt dale um big thank you too as well um the best infection trophies um that we mentioned mm. um mm. i was i was printing them myself on my own 3d printer at home um and i got through the first four or five and then i had a really bad resin leak and i still haven't been able to fix it um, and get a replacement screen so matt amazingly um took like stepped in um and i sent him all the files and he printed them out in no time in amazing quality cleaned them up um cured them all and then i picked them up from him and built them paint them got got the trophies all done um they absolutely categorically would not have happened if he hadn't stepped in um for me so huge thank you matt um yeah again another person that um did that himself um and huge time effort for printing all those files cleaning them off getting the next ones on the go getting them cured getting them done really quickly um so yeah thank you matt and um so many super complimentary comments about all those trophies on the table so effort (laughs) was definitely worth it um and, yeah, yeah thank, thank you, Matt, um, for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I've already shouted out Plastic Crack, like Pete, a- Pete Atkinson. Um, people will know who Pete is, um, especially in the Australian Age of scene. But um, for those who don't, um, Pete uh, has a blog called Plastic Crack. So C-R-A-I-C um, for Crack. Um, so... Check it out, plasticcrack.blog. Um, so I just want to shout out uh, to the, the list review article and the Aftermath article. I know there's some more sort of coming down through the pipeline as well, um, which I'm excited about. I know there's going to be one coming through for Mortal Blade and also um, some like um, best sports uh, interviews as well. Um, So we haven't seen them come out yet, but I'm sure they will in due course. Uh, But yeah, shout out, especially now for Pete Atkinson. Thank you, mate, for uh, putting out the word, actually. It was like I was supposed to put out just like shouting out to Australian TOs if they want things done for the events, get in touch. So I saw that was in the back of my mind. Um, And obviously in the lead up to Slaughter Everything, Chris and I, very demanding jobs. Um, uh, I, I knew we wouldn't have been able to do any sort of meaningful <laughs> um list review or list anything, review yeah. show yeah. like or anything like you know we, i just knew we won't kind of be able to do that so um with a week's notice um you know, pete and his and his crew were able to like pull together um an excellent article yep. for the list reviews and also um followed up um you know i was able to connect up Pete with all the the players who had their lists um, featured, and um, they were able to um, be able to, you know, contribute to that article themselves and get some paragraphs in there to um, talk about their experiences at, at Slaughter. So, you want to get on there, plasticrack uh, dot blog, um, Sydney Slaughter list review, and also Sydney Slaughter after the aftermath. So, two articles up on on the website there, and 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 I've just. You know, I'm noticing Pete and 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 his guys are pumping out articles uh, on mm. almost you know weekly, biweekly basis, um, if not more. Um, you know, uh, you know, I got my you know got the GHB leaks article. Like, there's there's something else that came up today. Like, there's there's stuff coming out out of that um, blog all the time now. So, guys, get around it um, if you if you're not already. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure most of the listeners on here right now already. Um, around that so um yeah get amongst it uh, but yeah special particular shout outs there for that article um <clears throat> so obviously pete um patrick nevin um calvin uh, R- Rieri, uh theo keek jansen and uh, for the guys who got their list featured just want to shout you guys out as well um so we had matt campbell for his blades of corn list um We've got Terence for his uh, Slanesh list, winner of um, Slaughter um, for the Death List. We had a shout out for Stephen Nuttle for his Soulback Soulback Grave Lords. Uh, there was a shout out for uh, Craig Anderson and his Ossian Bone Reapers. Um, so all these guys have contributed to the article to the, you know, the uh, follow up article as well. Um, James Halligan for his Ogamore Tribes. Shout out to you, buddy, um, for the Western Warriors represent <laughs> and. We've got Lucy Moore with her Ogre Moore Tribes as well, a big pick. She had a great, um, uh, you know, summary and follow-up um, in her piece in that article too. So thank you, Lucy, for for taking the time to do that um, and all the people in this article who took time to, to write and respond to Pete and the um, Plastic Crack crew. Adrian Kent. Um, legendary man himself, uh, Stormcast Eternals uh, was featured. Um, Keith Lawson with his uh, with his cow list. His Illuminath uh, realm lords, the only guy who didn't take Illuminath uh, list with. I not think he had a single um, Sentinel. Sentinel, so, no. <laughs> so, mate, uh, Keith, Keith, Keith is rocking the sexy half of the Lumineth book. Uh, so, yeah, good on you, mate. And um, yeah, a sportsman award winner as well. So yeah, just shout out to everyone involved in the Plastic Crack content in the, you know, prior to and post slaughter. Um, you know, it's been great to have that support from another content creator for the event. Mm. Um, you know, it's invaluable because like, it's great to be able to kind of like, you know, not have the burden of doing everything yourself because it's it's, a, it's monumental. Um, and to have guys who are already on, on the spot in the scene with the talent and the mm. wherewithal to be able to just pump it out and make it happen. Um, it's just yeah, it's a real testament to where we're kind of heading towards in the Australian um Age of Sigma scene at large, content yeah. creators and community. You know, it's it's brilliant. So it's yeah. a great collaborative
1: effort. And as you mentioned before, I think like Sean Benson as well, he's gonna be doing a follow up article on the Mall Blade as well, so yep. kind of cover, yeah, covering, off, on that. covering off, yeah. covering off like the winning entries and yeah, um, from his perspective and, and, as an entrant, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, that, that's another article to to look forward as well. Um, should we just quickly do a run over of just like the the kind of generally the placings um, for? Like the main awards, I guess, for people that hadn't, yeah, had, hadn't yeah, necessarily yeah. seen it. I know most of the posts are kind of in the event for the attendees, so out yeah. at large might not really have seen it. But um Best Sports was Brogan. Um he's I think he's won it twice and came runner up once now out of all the years of slaughter. So um <laughs> yeah. massive sports um person there. Katie Daly um was runner up, um Best Sports yep. this year. Um, <clears throat> coolest army went to Stephen Drury um for his Skaven, um which I think he pretty much painted in like a week running yeah. up to the event. Um but it was awesome. He had like LEDs in it. It was too. like he'd done like a display board with which was literally like mining equipment, like mining chunks of warp stone and, and the stuff man's so machine. it was awesome and then ben spinelli got runner-up coolest army with his um his ko so some of it featured in his army from like last year um but he had like the magma dross and stuff in it last year but this year it was all kind of the rest of his ko in his his new scheme um because he he'd done an original ko army years ago and then this is his he's done another one and it's all in this kind of white armor with like flames and everything like all freehand flames all over it so um yeah, Ben. Ben got runner-up coolest army. And um, best painted we mentioned before was Trav this year. Runner-up best painted was Tom Oliver, and that was so hotly God. contested. Um, yeah. Me, you, and Dan were literally going back and forth between their two armies. It um, was yeah, seriously, Dan. like half an hour or so, and just it was looking like between, at every little nitpicky thing um, yeah, it to was make between, a
0: It was between like I think the final kind of point was like. I think on some of the summing pool on Tom's army, there was some of the striations when as well-defined as the rest of the, of his, um, of his bugs, you know, like it was like, it the was tiniest tiny stuff. little
1: nitpicky things, but yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Whereas like Travis was like fully hundred percent consistent across everything. That was like kind of how we had to differentiate yep. it. But like it, it was Tom, it was, I was like Tom up until like the ninth hour. I was like, nah, it's going to be Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom. And you guys are like but Look at this. So I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But yeah. yeah anyway it was
0: but it's it's yeah. not to take away from either of them like we both, everyone knows we all know they're both extraordinary yeah. painters so like they
1: they basi- yeah. they both bas- they yeah. both basically could have been given the a best painted award if i had two best painteds um oh, but yeah tom, we had a best tom, we had a best and a runner up and yeah like tom was tom tom, tom cleaned up
0: at, at, at the that painting bit, yeah. painting um competition and yeah. you know and and did excellently at the event as well so it's just like yeah,
1: yeah. Um, not, but that didn't come into the decision. I just want to make that clear. No, it wasn't, it no. wasn't like we went, oh, <laughs> he's already won some awards. Let's, let's give this. No, no, it that's not how we do it. We, nah, it we, was what we felt was based on our decisions, the, the right choice. But it was, it was like B's dick, like super marginal between the two of them. They're both phenomenally painted yeah. armies, but when you have to pick one as slightly better than the other, it, it just came down to that overall absolutely considering every model consistency of everything and yeah yeah Which it was both yeah. incredible armies um mm. wooden spoon was Alana Weber um so she's um Jared's other half I believe um yes absolutely So that yep. was great great to great to meet her I know she um she won the the coolest army at coolest um, army your, at your event smash. at Golden yep. smash yeah um, that was her,
0: her first event as well I believe or one of her first yeah I think it was her first event and she won course
1: army so yeah yeah so um no that was great to meet um her and alana i hope you you enjoyed your first kind of year at slaughter um and then we had matt campbell with best chaos um coming in fourth overall um liam got best order um i think he was 12th <laughs> much to um, surprise. <laughs> with, with with daughters of Cain. yeah much to his surprise um obviously like it just showed like chaos was the most represented faction this year, but only a little bit ahead of order, but the yeah, order kind of Ben Spinetti came third. Um, we've mentioned before with, with Terrence with his KO. Um, but other than that, Liam, Liam was then best order, um, being the best in grand Alliance awards. We kind of give to the, the non podium positions. Yeah. So technically the, the top performing order was KO in third. Um, but then yeah, best, best order was, um, Liam with his daughters in, in twelve, so I know he was super happy with that. Um, then best destruction went to Austin Cranfield, who was our um, mm. big. He was our big war, um, big wa, yeah, our big wire player. Um, yeah. And then best death went to Bob Van Emmerich, um yeah. with his soul blight, and I'm pretty sure he got best death with his soul blight last year as well. So he did, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, he's super, a ma- super consistent masters player
0: as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, super consistent player. He knows what he's doing with his death. He's he's been playing pretty much them solidly. So um yeah yeah another another really strong result for him. Been um, playing his,
0: I've been playing his list um, <laughs>
1: you, yeah you've around. been playing his list. Yeah 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 um so yeah just to round out the top ten so we've got Terrence in first Mitch Bug with his gloom spite in second Ben in third with his KO um Bob in fourth with best death oh, Bob was fourth um Matt was fifth um, and then we've got uh tom oliver was sixth his maggotkin ash McEwen was seventh with his inch um mm-hmm. and then we had jacob stran in eighth with his um zinch as well and then austin in ninth with big wah um damian Newsom in tenth uh rounding out the OBR. top ten with yeah. um with obr yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah awesome yeah and uh Quickly rounding off the uh, best in factions. We've got Alex Murray. Uh, this is going to be like the default chant. So do, <laughs> default, do, <Dave>. default. <laughs> well, Everyone get this out, get it out. All right. So <laughs> Alex Murray, best in faction, Cities of Sigma. <laughs> uh, Keith Lawson, Lumineth Realm Lords. Austin Cranfield, Big Wise, we mentioned. Uh, Michael Sales, Cruel Boys. Ben Spinetti, KO. Locker and Clark, Nighthaunt, as always, the man. And we have Jordan Goodchild, Eidneth Kin, Joshua Foster, Beasts of Chaos, Hayden Wright, Seraphon, Daniel Wheatley, Fire Slayers, Bregan Clark, Iron Jaws, Lim, Daughters of Cain, <laughs> Harry Moore, Silverneth, Ash Mcewen, Disciples of Zeench, Mitch Bug, Gloomspite Gits, and 2nd. Damien Newsome, Ossia Bone Reapers, Matt Campbell, Blades of Corn, Kieran Askins was Sons of Behemoth, uh, graciously received by Craig, <laughs> uh, Terence, Host of Thlanesh, Thomas, Meg, of Nurgle, Pui Hin Ho, Slaves of Darkness, well done, mate, Jared, Stormcast Eternals, Bob's Soul, Soul Blight, uh, James Halligan, Ogre Moor Tribes, Ben Pensmeady that's uh, there, we're back to I'm just cycling through photos now but yeah
1: Steve Drew oh, yeah. Steve Drury is Gavin Yeah um and yeah I think oh. that's everyone but yeah. yeah Yeah that's everyone So it was cool yeah. yeah we had 20 25 trophies just there or 26 I think maybe Um yeah so 26 just just for that plus yeah all the other ones so Everyone gets yeah. a trophy these days it was, it was pretty awesome um So yeah I think I think that's probably a wrap on Slaughter 23, although, like you said, we've still got kind of the posts to come from the Plastic Crack um, blog that Sean will be writing up for Mortal Blade. And then, as you mentioned earlier in the show with Terrence, um, mm. through the newly created kind of Mortal Blade um, miniature painting competition, Instagram, you're releasing the photos of um, all the models, which I didn't know about until tonight because I'm not on Instagram Um but I've seen like posts going up on Facebook, so I think they've been yeah. auto coming up. Um yeah, so I think yeah. it's I think it's on the Blight Kings because I've been seeing a Blight King pop up every few days. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm um, the, the ten photos um, of the Blight Kings.
0: Yeah, I'm teasing it out so that's kind of like um each person like if you've got a unit, then I'll I'll post photos of the unit as as a group, then I'll sort of because I took photos of every model <laughs> front mm. and back. So it'll be a drip feed of of each unit, and entry will get a full treatment over like a week or weeks kind of thing. So, but a anyway, yeah, post every three days um, on the Instagram page, which will then be fed out to um, the Facebook groups. So, yeah, yeah,
1: no, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really cool. And yeah, like it was cool looking through all the photos as well, looking back at them and and stuff. And yeah, definitely encourage listeners if you want go go to the Facebook page and um, and check out kind of the the photo albums um with all the photos there it's not just got the mortal blade stuff it's also got pictures of all the armies that um the gaming um, armies that people displayed for like coolest army and and the best painted kind of pre- presentations um as well so you can kind of get a get an idea of the the hobby um kind of level at, at slaughter and and everything we do talk a lot about it but it's not it's also not like an elitist event like it's very much like you you get standard gaming tabletop armies and they are more than acceptable. But we do also find that there's some incredible hobby displayed at, at Slaughter as well. So um yeah anyone just go check them out. You like looking at cool armies. There's some there's some great stuff there. There's some really cool kind of concepty armies, converted armies. Yeah. Um yeah. And if like I definitely a- I am
0: going to shout out um I'm gonna shout out Chris Moore's army because he's corn shiny corn army do you see that one? Oh,
1: the metallic yeah metallic
0: the metallic the metallic reds. red i love that army gold. hey i was like mm. i love this yeah yeah so that very like much
1: like me. taking the bronzed flesh kind of thing literally yeah. but with like red and gold
0: yeah yeah and steve nuttles um i
1: was gonna say steve nuttles soul blight yeah. red very very vibrant red soul oh, well.
0: yeah yeah amazing um steve Nuddles, aka ox king um who is also a prominent sydney artist um graffiti artist murals if you if you live in newtown inner west um you will be familiar with um who the ox king is and actually very chuffed and honored to have a man of his caliber involved in our scene (laughs) it's uh i'm a bit a bit starstruck (laughs) Um, and it was really it was really cool to see um day two he um he got a couple of uh, highly commendeds in mortal, in the Mortal Blade competition. He was proudly wearing them around his neck on a chain. Um, There's two pendants for the little dagger oh, cool. pendants. Yeah, he was wearing them around his neck. So I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, made my day. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Yeah.
1: No, awesome. All right. Well, um, I think we can probably wrap it there and, and call it a show until yeah. the next one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Next one. We we've kind of done some initial thoughts on GHB, but I reckon, um, yeah, I reckon the next, the next show may well be a bit of a, uh, general chit chat, hobby progress, and, uh, maybe yeah. some more detailed thoughts about the GHB once yeah. it's actually come out and we've got points and then we yeah. can actually have a bit of a chat for yeah. next army projects in terms of gaming. Um, obviously yeah. we, yeah. we've, we've got to crack on with our, um, Tale of four yeah. gamers armies. So I certainly do. Um, yeah, me too. I haven't picked up a paintbrush since now. Nah, I've I've not had much mojo to be honest. I can't believe it's actually only just been just over two weeks since slaughter. I honestly think it's been like a month, but it's only been like. It two feels
0: weeks. like so much longer, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it really does. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, um, I, I've just know, been if...
1: building. I've been building um, a, a, the new slan, and I'm partway building the new croak for no reason whatsoever,
0: <laughs> other than that, it's a cool model.
1: <laughs> yeah literally it's
0: cool yeah <laughs> no like i've got to get back into lumineth um but yeah we've got plenty of plenty of content to to talk about in coming up yeah tale war gamers i want to get um Stonebed Stonebed stone on um you know we've got we've got stuff we can talk about we've got yeah yeah cool JHB right. ghb's galore speculations yeah. hot takes it feels
1: more worth like talking about it this time knowing it's sticking around for a year yeah the other ones have definitely had that like by the time you've digested it you're like oh there's four months to go (laughs) like you're like oh is the rumors of the new one out already um so yeah this (laughs) this one will be good but um yeah yeah yeah, all right it's late i have to take riley swimming in the morning so i am gonna Mm. sign off um but yeah good to catch up and um yeah recap what was definitely our most successful slaughter yet and yeah we definitely both pushed each other this year to um to up it and um yeah I'm, I'm proud of us um you nailed everything you did james and um thanks for being my partner in crime for slaughter and um onwards and upwards bigger and better again next year um but yeah definitely push push the bar for ourselves this year so um absolutely and you very, too, mate, very right? very proud yeah
0: And I'm, I'm proud of you too, mate. And, um, you know, I I can't imagine life without you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Very. Thank you. Thank you for all all your hard work,
1: mate. You've done an amazing job.
0: You've done an amazing
1: job. With all the, all the stuff you're continuing to, to post on uh, Instagram and everything as well. It continues, but yes, the planning has already begun for next year. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. As always, um, you can find me on at wounded mortally on Twitter if you want to follow me and you don't already. Um, James. Find me at Duke Cadric and also at mortal
0: underscore blade underscore MPC for the mortal blade uh, miniature pending competition. So get involved, get on there, get check it out, like it all, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Do it. Helps us. Helps you.
1: See you on the next show. you've been listening to Mortally Wounded Podcast
0: you can contact Chris on Twitter at Wounded Mortally you can contact James on Instagram at Duke Kadred. thanks for listening and we'll see you next time